Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Hollow Pleasure Part 5 by Jackal 54641 Chapter 10 To be it was late, but Kate Galloway sat at her small kitchen table, resting her head on her hand and staring at her coffee mug without really seeing it. Mentally she was a million miles away, in a land of self-reflection and self-loathing. She had spent over an hour in her shower, scrubbing away the mess that she'd allowed those vicious thugs to make of her body, and changed into clean gym shorts and a loose-fitting tee. But that didn't matter, she hardly felt clean. She had royally screwed things up and wrecked everything. She gave in to this bizarre new fetish of being turned on by violent and dangerous men, willingly allowed them to violate her. And violate her they had. They'd fucked her every way imaginable, she was still sore in many places, and her wrists had bruises from where they'd used her own handcuffs on her. They'd stolen her gun and equipment. They'd taken her dignity and pride. Well, the latter wasn't entirely true. Galloway had surrendered that. Just like she'd surrendered her friendship with Ethan. That poor kid. I don't know you. His words echoed in her head again and again. Each time she heard them, they broke her heart all over again. A knock at her apartment door startled her. She blinked at it, uncomprehending. What now? She was genuinely concerned, but emotionally drained. At this point, she figured whatever was about to happen couldn't possibly destroy her more than she'd already been. Resigned, she climbed from her chair and answered. The last person she expected to see at this point was Ethan. He was standing in the hall on wobbly crutches that were too short for him, dressed much the same as Galloway in baggy shorts and a t-shirt with the logo of a video game. His expression matched Galloway's a faraway look of shame and horror that said what have I done. Galloway's heart broke. She opened her mouth to speak. Ethan? I dash. Ethan snapped out of it. He suddenly threw his arms around her and hugged her tightly. I did something. I did something really bad. Oh God. He sounded tremendously young and afraid, in need of soothing. Galloway hugged him back, softly stroking his hair. I'm so sorry. Galloway said over and over again. I'm so sorry about what you saw, Dash. No, it's not that. Ethan didn't want to let go of her. I did something awful. At least I think it was me. Oh God, oh God. I had sex with my mother. Galloway was shocked. Between what Chris was saying, then her encounter with the punks who had gang-banged her, and now this. It was true. It was all true. Something was going on in this apartment that none of them could control. There's something weird happening. Unable to hold back any longer, Ethan began to cry. Galloway nodded. I know. She led him inside. They sat at the table. Steaming mugs between them, either of them touched the drink still. Ethan told her about his mother's unusual behavior, the behavior that he'd been noticing for a while. 
the gradual slow build-up of little revealing outfits and flirtatious remarks that soon turned into sexual advances. He told her about the way she kissed him, masturbated in the doorway of his bedroom, joined him in the shower, and finally waking up to her sucking his cock. He was red in the face, could barely make eye contact, and stared at the ground in shame as he explained it. Somehow, he managed to power through the story, despite all of the embarrassment. Galloway listened quietly for a long time, digesting this. When he was done, Galloway told her story. About the tragedy at her old job. About the sudden inexplicable dreams, and the odd fantasies she'd had about bad men the complete opposite of what she looked for in a sexual partner. The odd and inappropriate things that aroused her lately, and the ways that her body responded. She told him about Rob calling her, Wild Cherry, the same nickname from her nightmares. She told him what Quinn had said about his accident. And she told him everything that Chris warned her about. It sounds fucking nuts. Ethan just blurted out the curse word without thinking. It sounded foreign to such a polite young man. Galloway couldn't help but smile in amusement. Her mannerisms were starting to rub off on him. It does, she agreed. It makes no sense. Ethan threw his hands up in the air. It makes all too much sense, Galloway said dryly. What I did with those guys, did you think that was me? Did you think I was in control of myself? Ethan shook his head his eyes looking to the table. He felt guilty. I'm sorry about what I said to you. I know you are, Galloway assured him. It's okay. That's not something you would ever do. Never, Galloway admitted. But I think I was lucky. I was aware I knew what I was doing. I had some degree of control of myself, but not fully. When I saw those guys when I heard them, and the way they talked, my mind just sort of ran on autopilot. Like Pavlov's dog, drooling uncontrollably. I'm able to remember it, which is surprising. Chris Berger had said that when Rob did things with his wife, TJ had no memory of it afterward. Rob wiped her memory. Why would he do that with her and not with you? Ethan asked. Because he wanted me to feel shame afterwards. That was a mind fuck meant to break me, make me question my moral integrity. If I'm feeling guilty, feeling hatred for myself, questioning myself, I'm less of a threat to him. I'll be more malleable to whatever sick shit he wants to cook up. Chris thinks Rob's afraid of me. He should be, Ethan said. Galloway nodded. Ethan hesitated with the next part. What about me? I didn't feel like he was controlling me. I felt like my normal self. I didn't want to have sex with my mom. I really didn't. But she started coming on to me, and I started feeling weird, and I got turned on and I just let it happen. I resisted a lot and even at the end tonight. She wanted me to, to, do something specific, and I refused. And that was when I ran here. I feel like if he was controlling me, I wouldn't have been able to stop myself. Galloway chose her next words carefully. I think you're right. I think Rob wanted to put you in that situation, to see what would happen. That's what makes it fun for him. He was definitely controlling your mother. You were just struggling with your hormones. You were put in an impossible position. I could have said no. Ethan looked down at himself with a sense of disgust. Then he would control your mind, and made you do anyway. Only you wouldn't have had the free will or self-awareness afterwards. You would have been a slave for his entertainment. In a way, you're lucky. I think I would rather that, the living with the knowledge that I willingly had sex with my mother. I don't feel lucky. Hey. Galloway reached across the table and took his hand. You are not alone in this. So stop beating yourself up. You saw the things I did. Do you think I feel good about that?
we're in this together. And we have Chris on our team. Do you think he wanted to just stand idly by and watch that creep have sex with his wife? And we have Quinn. That's four people working together. Ethan looked reassured by this. How did that weirdo upstairs even get this power? Galloway shrugged. Chris thinks it has something to do with his computer. He types things and they come true. Sort of like a weird Twilight Zone episode. Personally, I think there's more to it than that. Remember the voices in the basement? Ethan nodded. My old casino job. Weird things used to happen there from time to time. You'd hear a voice, or feel a pull on your pocket, or even have your hair tugged and not in a fun way. The voices in the basement, the cemetery out back. I think there's something paranormal going on with this place. It just screams of haunted house dot. Oh God, Ethan said. I don't know though. We'll have to do some research. My boss might be able to help with that. First thing tomorrow. What'll we do until then? Ethan hugged himself as though he was cold and threw a glance to the doorway. I don't want to go home. You're not going home. Galloway said with finality. You're going to sleep here. I'll make you a bed on the couch. Ethan looked relieved with this response. But his expression was still somewhat haunted. When he caught Galloway looking at him with that ice-blue unyielding stare and that quizzical expression, he felt a moment of unease. Try not to think too hard about what happened tonight, Galloway said. The guilt and embarrassment will destroy you if you do. Ethan knew she was right. He shrugged and tried desperately to make light of it. I guess it figures that a loser like me's first time would have to be with his own mother. He laughed lightly, hoping that if he dismissed it as a joke, the mood would lighten. Stop it, Ethan. He looked up sharply, a little startled by her sudden outburst. I'm so sick of you guys beating yourselves up. Between you and Quinn, you are the best people I've ever met. And you act like I'm doing you both a favor by being your friend. I'm not some fucking goddess who's taken pity on the two of you. I get way more out of our friendship than you think I do. If I didn't have you as a part of my life, I'd be a fucking mess right now. You're both keeping me afloat. I swear to God, if I hear any more talk about how you think you're some loser, I'm going to scream. I'm the loser. They sat in silence for a long time. Ethan looked stunned by her tirade. It was the first time that she had lost her cool in front of him. Galloway was suddenly terrified that she'd overreacted. She meant every word and she was afraid she just sent Ethan running for the hills. After what felt like an eternity, Ethan managed to say, Okay, you're not some goddess. But you're still pretty hot though. He managed a goofy smile, his eyes big and nervous. God damn it. That made her laugh. He'd brought her back from the brink yet again. With the matter settled, Galloway retrieved some blankets from the closet and made him a spot on the couch. She let Ethan use her shower to wash off the dirty feelings of sex with his mom. This time he didn't stress about a shower bench. He had no qualms about sitting on the floor. Afterwards, they took turns brushing their teeth and getting ready for bed. It was almost relaxing, like a slumber party, although under very perverse conditions. Frankly, Ethan didn't think he'd be able to sleep. He was paranoid. Terrified of what sort of twisted things the author upstairs might cook up for them in the coming days and how they would fight back. He thought about suggesting that they just move out, but decided against it. He knew Galloway would dismiss that instantly the next people who moved in would become Rob's newest victims and playthings. She wouldn't allow that. He propped his back uneasily against the arm of the sofa and picked at a hangnail. Galloway dimmed the lights and plopped down on the couch beside him. When he looked up at her, she smiled softly. You know, you look the way I feel right now. He laughed slightly. 
So you're not tired either? No. I think I'm going to need to process a lot of bullshit, so I may as well get started now. I know what you mean, Ethan admitted, still focused on his hands. Her brow furrowed. Are you all right, kid? He shrugged absently. I'm just freaked out. I'm going to be for a long time. Me too. She let the silence settle, staring at the dark living room. The glow from the stove light was relaxing to both of them. Finally Galloway posed the question that nagged at her. Did you mean it when you said your mom was your first? Ethan sighed, disgusted. Yes. My first real kiss, my first blow job, my first everything. He groaned and leaned his head back, staring up to the ceiling. I mean, I know my mom is hot, but she's still my mom. Fuck, what an awful memory. Galloway's heart broke for him. First times were nothing special. Her first time had been in the driver's seat of her boyfriend's car. She was bouncing so hard, her ass had accidentally honked the horn. But for such a sweet guy like Ethan, who'd already been dealt a shitty hand at life, for his only memory of sex to be something like that wasn't just traumatic. It was absolutely tragic. He would forever look back at his introduction to manhood in shame, embarrassment, and self-hatred. It was a complete affront to the nicest, sweetest, most thoughtful guy that Galloway knew. Ethan deserved better. Much better. When Ethan finally glanced up from his hands, Galloway was staring him dead in the eyes. Those ice-blue eyes again made him shiver. There was always something so powerful in her stare that made him nervous, at a complete loss for words. The gears were churning in her head, and he didn't know why. Finally Galloway said, I'm not accepting that. Not accepting what? Ethan asked. Galloway's mind was made up. Her voice was firm. She is not, and never will be your first. Before Ethan could ask her what she meant, Galloway grabbed Ethan on either side of his head and pulled him to her. Then her lips found his and she was kissing him. He nearly did a double take before the reality of it set in. Holy shit, she was kissing him. Ethan felt a surge of panic, confusion, and excitement all at once. This was Kate Galloway, and she was kissing him. Good God, why? He wasn't even sure he truly believed it was happening, even as her lips parted and he felt her tongue slip out for a taste of his lips. Ethan's whole body was tense. His mouth trembled against hers. Finally she pulled her warm lips away from his. Her eyes were half shut, dreamy and sexual. I'm going to be your first, she assured him. And any time this comes up, you think of me, and only of me, got it? Ethan could barely breathe. His heart was pounding so hard. He managed a fast jerky nod. Then Galloway pulled him back to her and resumed her kiss. This time Ethan let his lips part, and Galloway's tongue found his. The feeling was electric. He didn't want it to end, but a new and horrifying thought needled its way into his brain. He couldn't do this, not unless he was sure about something. Galloway, if this is Rob controlling you again, I can't do this. He mumbled around her full juicy lips. I don't want to do this unless it's real. It has to be real. He stammered. Galloway's hand sought his out, and when she found it, she laced her fingers through his and gave him a reassuring squeeze. It's real, she assured him. I promise. He felt a little better but... I've wanted this so badly. He admitted around her lips. Her kissing becoming more aggressive. More eager. But not out of pity. Galloway didn't slow in her aggressive kissing. Her mouth slid across his cheek and went to his ear her hot breath in his ear as she started to nibble at his lobe. It gave him goosebumps. I told you already. Her voice was lusty and hungry. I'm with you because I want to be. 
I'm getting just as much out of this, if not more. She knelt on the sofa beside Ethan, not going anywhere. She took his hand and slid it between her thighs until he could feel the warm wetness in her gym shorts. Does this feel like it's just pity sex to you? Ethan gasped as she pushed his hand back and forth along her slit. Her hips moved, she humped herself against his hand. If I'm still able to get this turned on after everything that happened, that should tell you something. She purred in his ear. Ethan could barely breathe. Her logic made sense. She wouldn't do this if she didn't want to. What about Quinn? He asked. Galloway sat back on her heels and offered Ethan a sexy little smile. You keep trying to get out of it, and I'm starting to think you don't want to have sex. Ethan immediately reddened. No, no. I'm just making sure this is cool. Would you rather just cuddle? Keep our distance? She was teasing him. No. He blurted out almost too loudly. I definitely want to with you. I just have so many questions. Galloway rolled her eyes. Fucking virgins, always overthinking things. Quinn and I have never been exclusive to each other. But I thought Dash, I love Quinn, and he loves me. And we'll always go back to each other, because me and him run very deep. We have no problem sharing, and we never did. He would understand. He likes you. Ethan's jaw was hanging open. Galloway only sat and smiled at him, watching the gears turn on that innocent face. It was cute and endearing. I had no idea that. I'm so bad? Her eyebrows lifted. Then she bit her lip, reached down, and pulled her shirt off over her head. Her wild hair cascaded freely down her shoulders. She leaned forward, her lips coming within inches of his. Just because I wear a badge, I never said I was a good girl. Ethan was trembling as their kissing resumed. Maybe more so now that he knew it was all real. She wasn't doing this under some spell, or because she felt bad for him. She wasn't cheating on Quinn. She was doing all of this because she wanted to. That thought made his heart flutter. Galloway ran her fingers through Ethan's hair as their tongues wrestled playfully. She held his face tightly to hers, not wanting him to escape with more questions. She could feel Ethan trembling, and it only fueled her lust for him. It showed her how badly he wanted this, how afraid he was because now his fantasies were coming true. She eased herself back on the couch, pulling him with her, until they were laying together. Ethan's hands were restless, afraid of what to even do with them. This was vastly different than when he was with his mother. No, no, no. He needed to not think about that. Galloway told him not to. Thankfully, his indecision didn't last long. Galloway took his hands and brought them to her bare breasts. She moaned softly as he touched her. Up close, her body was much more impressive. Her boobs big and inviting. Her nipples pink and puffy, a lot like her full lips. With shaking hands he squeezed and massaged at them. He wanted to drink her in with his eyes, but he couldn't stop kissing her. He was pretty sure he'd never stop. They were panting excitedly, breathing into each other's mouths. Finally Galloway broke the kiss, she put her hands on the top of Ethan's head and gently eased him down. He took the cue her body was his. She wanted him to explore her. Ethan tentatively worked his way down her neck, like a kitten venturing out into the world for the first time. She pet and played with his hair. She moaned at the way his lips tickled her skin. His mouth roamed over her chest and eventually came to rest on one of her aroused nipples. He began to suck, and Galloway felt a shiver run through herself. She normally enjoyed it rough. She was experienced. But Ethan was so wonderfully different. He was gentle, shy and tentative. It was him, and that's why she was so excited. 
He suckled at her nipple, pulling gently with his lips, moving his tongue in fast little circles. You feel so nice, she murmured in a dreamy, lusty voice. Ethan didn't trust himself to speak. He glanced up at her and saw that she was staring back at him, meeting his eyes. He reddened and continued on, devoted equal attention to her other breast. She arched her back, moaning louder as he grew more confident. Her stomach moving easily, abs flexing with each deep breath. His eyes traveled over her body, taking in every inch. Her tattoos, her battle scar, her muscles, and her curves. Fuck, she was hot. The entire room felt foggy, like there was no way this could possibly be anything but a dream. But the warmth of her skin, the soapy smell, and the taste, that was all very real. This is Galloway. This is Galloway his heart seemed to say with every thump. Eventually Galloway couldn't take much more of the teasing from his soft mouth. She laced her fingers through his hair and pulled him back up until they were face to face. She locked her legs through his, pulled him tight, and still kissing, she rolled the two of them over. It was a grappling move taught to her during training. But it had other applications as well. She rolled Ethan easily onto his back. Get this off. She pulled at his t-shirt. Galloway knelt over him, smiling as he clumsily scrambled to tug it off. At one point, it tangled around his arm and shoulder, and she resisted the impulse to sputter laughter. Then he was shirtless, and Galloway regarded his strong arms and skinny torso. Not bad at all, she admired. I can definitely work with this. She leaned forward and for a moment, Ethan thought she was coming back in for a kiss. Instead, she slid off her gym shorts. Now she was completely naked in front of him, without a hint of self-consciousness about her. Oh my God! He breathed as he admired her. Her body was completely smooth and hard and firm and toned. She leaned forward and planted a warm wet kiss on his chest. Then another. Then another. She started to work lower and lower. Ethan watched her wild hair fall across his chest, sliding ever downward. He dreamt about this from the second they met. Everything felt impossible. He shivered again, knowing where she was going with that mouth. Then he felt his gym shorts being pulled down. Ethan had a moment of panic. Galloway was going to see his penis for the first time. What if she found it disappointing? His shorts slipped off and he heard a pleasant gasp. Oh my Ethan. She cooed. All the time we've been friends and you've been hiding this nice dick? I'm so disappointed in you. I would have fucked you long ago if I knew this is what you had. She smiled up at him and grasped his cock, holding it up like a magnificent find. He stared down at her in disbelief as she held his manhood up in front of her face. Ethan was already hard. How could he not be? he just made out with Kate Galloway, the biggest crush in his entire life. He was already pretty certain his cock would stay hard for the rest of his life. But to see her holding it in front of her face, running her tongue around her lips as she marveled at his size was a feeling beyond words. She inspected it intensely, her eyes slightly crossing adorably as she kicked her feet back and forth playfully behind her. Are really? he asked. Yes, really. She wrapped her fingers around it and stroked him slowly up and down watching the way it responded to her touch, the way it throbbed and twitched happily. I was promiscuous as hell, so I've seen a lot of them. You're definitely far above average. Thanks, he stammered, watching her. His body was shaking uncontrollably in excited anticipation. Then she hovered her head over his lap, parted her lips and plunged him into her mouth. Ethan instantly felt the warm, wet embrace of Galloway's mouth. The feeling was incredible. Oh my God, he moaned softly. 
Galloway regarded him with those sexy piercing eyes the entire time that she bobbed her head. She worked slowly at first, savoring the taste of his thick bloated head, playing her tongue in little circles around it, making sure to taste every inch of his skin. Then she sank her mouth lower and lower along his shaft. He could feel her tongue dancing as she went. M. She moaned deliciously against his shaft. Her mouth started to move in hungry bobs. All the while, she could feel his cock throbbing excitedly against her lips. Galloway couldn't stop herself. She climbed to her knees to better hover her face over Ethan's rock-hard member. One hand slipped between her own legs. She needed to touch herself as she did this. She couldn't resist any longer. When she began to run her fingers over her slit, she found that she was positively drenched. And her arousal was authentic, unlike the incident with the burglars. Galloway was quivering with excitement. Her fingers set to work, rubbing in frenzied little circles around her clip, while her mouth bobbed up and down Ethan's length. Oh God! Oh my God! Ethan moaned with each plunge of her head. He was dumbstruck. That feels so good. The words escaped his lips. Uh Uh-huh. She moaned around a mouthful of his cock. She stroked him into her mouth, her hand twisting and turning expertly as her lips puckered and kissed and sucked, and her tongue lapped and tickled and provoked him further. Ethan held tightly to the sofa cushions. At one point, Galloway's mouth came off his dick with an audible pop her lips reluctant to let go of him. How are you liking your first blow job so far? She asked before taking a long sexual lick. It feels amazing. He paused before adding. Because it's you. Galloway let go of his shaft, seeking out his hand. When she did, she squeezed it lovingly. If you think that felt good, just you wait. She smirked dangerously, then plunged her head down until his cock hit the back of her throat. Ethan's eyes popped as he felt Galloway take him down as far as she could. Oh fuck, oh my god! He moaned, squeezing her hand. She squeezed back, swallowing him, holding him back there, not wanting to lose an inch of him from her mouth. Ethan was worried he was choking her. But her tongue kept up its teasing and tickling, moving up and down his shaft to let him know that she was having fun. Finally, when he began to get nervous, she came up for air, panting and quivering with excitement. She wiped drool from her bottom lip and sat back, showing her wet pussy to him. Look at what you did to me, Ethan, she said in a lusty, whispery voice. You got me so fucking wet. I did. Ethan's expression was one of disbelief. Galloway couldn't resist. She brought her wet finger to Ethan's face and ran herself over his upper lip in the gesture of drawing a mustache. Duh, dummy. It wasn't anyone else getting me like this. She smirked. Ethan stared back for a second and they both suddenly sputtered into a fit of laughter like they always did. They always had a way of laughing together. Then Galloway fell back across Ethan's body, straddling him, and her lips went right back to his. They kissed for a long time, their bodies moving together, thrusting softly, even with Ethan's cock resting warmly against her thigh. Eventually she couldn't wait any longer. She grasped his manhood and eased him against her soaked pussy. Ethan was shaking as he felt her warm folds envelope his head. Then she was easing herself down on him, and his cock was pushing into her pussy. Oh my god! He voice was barely a whisper as he realized that he was inside of his friend. Oh god! Galloway echoed, throwing her head back, tossing her hair out of her face as she braced against his chest with her arms and sank Ethan deep into her body. Eventually she felt his balls come to rest against her ass. He was completely inside of her. Galloway leaned back, sitting upright and froze in that position. Oh God! She cried out again, her head tilting back, her eyelids fluttering, 
and her whole body shook. Ethan felt her pussy clench on his cock, and it took him a moment to realize what was happening. Then it hit him. She was having an orgasm. So soon, just from him being inside of her. The realization struck him, as did his own thrill. She was so excited to fuck him that she was coming prematurely on his dick. In an burst of impulse, Ethan grabbed her and pulled her to him, holding her tightly and finding her lips with his as she quivered and shook and moaned in pleasure. They kissed in a frenzy as she whimpered and cooed against his mouth. Finally her orgasm subsided and she caught her breath. Sorry, she whispered, and for the first time since meeting her, Ethan saw Galloway legitimately blush. It's okay. I just, wow. I had no idea. Is this going to be a common problem, you being a one-pump chump? He couldn't resist. She propped herself up and smiled at him. Shut up, asshole. She giggled. Then they both started to move their hips. Ethan's cock pumped in and out of Galloway's body. The entire time, he couldn't stop feeling the way her body moved with his. The smoothness, the power, the muscles flexing and loosening. He ran his hand curiously down her back, over her ass, around her hips, to the sides of her breasts, up her shoulders, and through her hair. He couldn't get enough of touching her. He doubted he ever would. She moaned against his mouth. Her cries of pleasure muffled and muted. Mmm, She panted and purred as their tongues danced and teased. Eventually their movements grew more eager. Ethan's thrusts deeper, harder. Yes, yes. She panted against his mouth. Harder, Ethan. Fuck me harder. She whispered to his lips. Ethan was happy to oblige. Galloway leaned back and pivoted her hips, swinging them softly from side to side as she bounced on Ethan's lap. He held onto her hips as she rode him but eventually he grew bold. He gave her ass a tentative slap. It earned a grin from Galloway. Look at you being bad. She giggled. You're the bad one. Ethan moaned and spanked her big perky butt again. She squealed. Ooh. Yes. Yes, I am. She tossed her head back and moaned at the ceiling. Her body pistoned up and down Ethan's length. She put her all into it, riding her friend with the same amount of reckless lust that she showed those bad men. Only this time, it wasn't a hollow gesture. She could feel her body tense and shiver again as another orgasm racked her body. Yes, oh yes, Ethan! Her voice rose to a high shrill scream as she fucked him through her second orgasm. She shut her eyes and could see bursts of color in the darkness. It was dazzling. Ethan bucked his hips, desperate to keep up with Galloway's expert riding. The couch shook beneath them. The old floor of the mansion made steady creaking sounds. Throw pillows toppled off either end of the couch, leaving just the two of them in the throes of raw passion. Sweat poured down their bodies, but still they didn't stop. Galloway's body swallowing up Ethan's manhood again and again. Ethan's hands ran up and down her figure, confirming to himself again and again that this was real, that this was really happening. His cock was throbbing like crazy now. Both he and Galloway felt it. Not yet, she begged him. Not yet and reluctantly, she began to slow her feverish pace. Eventually she collapsed beside him, changing positions until she was on the bottom. She spread her legs willingly as Ethan clumsily clambered over her. Show me what you got, tiger! She smirked, beckoning him to her. He lay over her, and it required some clumsy groping to return his cock into her body. But when he slid it back in, it was as though it was meant to be there. He braced himself over her. She moaned and squirmed beneath him like a goddess. Her eyes were shut, her lips parted cutely, and soft moans escaped her lips with each thrust. 
His body slid along hers as he plunged deep, over and over again. Ethan couldn't remember a time in his life he felt so thrilled or so happy. He opened his mouth and the words just started to fall out. Galloway. I. I. She shushed him before he could say anything more. I know. Just keep going. Don't stop. Ethan's pace quickened, but he couldn't help but feel slightly dejected. She cracked one of her eyelids and peered at him. Then she folded her legs around his waist and locked her feet behind his back. I love you too, kid. She used her legs as leverage and pulled him deeper into her body again and again. Oh God! He moaned out in ecstasy. Galloway's hips were moving with his. Yes. She moaned and she felt what was happening. Do it, Ethan. She urged him on. Fuck me, fuck me. Oh Galloway, I'm going to. Yes, you are. Finish inside of me. Do it. She clung tightly to him. This time he didn't panic and pull away, like he had with his mother. Ethan bucked his hips. His body gave one final spasm, and then it was happening. He was climaxing inside of Galloway's body his first time coming inside of a woman. The feeling was like no other, the pleasure intense, and the feeling like it was the most natural thing in the world. His cock jumped and spasmed as each rope of hot semen shot deep into her. Yes, God, yes. She writhed on the pillows, clutched his arms and held on as her own orgasm took hold. They came at the same time, gasping and kissing and locked together. His cock continued to lurch and jump, even long after his balls had drained and her pussy was thoroughly filled with his cum. They lay like that for a while, panting, kissing gently again and again, and their hands holding and squeezing each other's. Eventually Ethan managed to regain his composure enough to swallow. How was I? She smirked. I think you lied about being a virgin. I feel like you've done this before. Ethan reddened. She had just made a joke about his mother. But I thought you said dash too soon? She giggled. A second later he joined in and they shared the laugh. I'm sorry if I wasn't very good or if I wasn't very exciting dash. She glared harshly at him. Ethan, shut up. It was fucking awesome. She told him and gave him a soft sweet kiss on the cheek and a fuller, much deeper one on the lips. And that's because it was you. Not to let my inexperience show, but what usually happens now? He asked, still blushing, sure that the heat would never leave his face. It's not like the movies where we fall asleep like this. You left quite the mess in me. In real life there's this move called the tuck and run dot. She wiggled out from beneath him and hurried to the bathroom, her hand beneath her to catch the semen as it ran down her legs. Ethan couldn't resist chuckling at her clumsy awkwardness. She came back a few minutes later. Ethan had managed to pull up his shorts. Are you running out on me? She asked, seeing him redressing. Just wham, bam, thank you, Galloway. Ethan stammered, caught off guard. Well, I just thought, since we did that. I thought we were going to bed. Galloway came over and took his hand. Oh, we are, she assured him. She helped him with his crutches and was practically pulling him to the bedroom. We'll do that in the bedroom. But don't expect much sleep. She winked at him. Despite their exhaustion from the day, the night didn't end with just that one session. Galloway made sure to spend the rest of the night rocking Ethan's world. He needed it. They both did. 3A things had worked better than he planned. Rob had never officially tested Galloway. Those burglars were authentic. A complete and happy accident. Rob had come across them while checking the cameras and plotting his next move. The burgers had been out all day from what he gathered. They were visiting Tara Jane's mother. 
but apparently some lucky opportunists had happened across the empty apartment and decided to break in and loot it. Such was the risk tenants took when it came to ground floor apartments. There were three of them. They were punks. Young and cocky, tattoos and trouble written all over them. Rob had merely watched and recorded, contemplating on what to do with the burglars. Then the kid with the crutches had come home and walked right in on the burglary. They didn't hurt Ethan. Rob wasn't completely heartless. He made sure their treatment of the boy, while rough, wasn't brutal. He'd been deciding what to do after that, but eventually the solution presented itself. Officer Wild Sherry. He was positive she would take an interest in the goings-on of her building. Especially if they were illegal. And thanks to Rob, her interests weren't quite the actions of a true blue hero. For weeks, Rob had been tiptoeing around Galloway. He'd been using his new powers of mind control and manipulation very lightly with her. Nothing direct. He'd been merely planting ideas in her head particularly while she slept. He'd been tinkering with her dreams. Tinkering with her libido. Tinkering with her invasive thoughts. Basically, he'd planted a whole new fetish in her head. Criminals. She would be turned on by criminals, submissive to their desires. What could be more conflicting for a woman cop than to be attracted to the worst kinds of men? Rob had intended this plan as a fail-safe in case she ever came after him. But he'd never put it to the test. That is, until she had walked in on the burglary. She'd had those men dead to rights. She had her gun drawn and pointed squarely at them. But then something miraculous happened. She had put the gun down and allowed them to overtake her. What Rob had been treated to following that was literally two solid hours of the roughest, most brutal, and most humiliating gang-bang he could have imagined for the female officer. And she'd taken it all with the happy eagerness of a dog greeting its owners. She'd been violated in every way imaginable, all while moaning and screaming and begging for more. Even Rob was forced to admit, it was tough to watch at times. But it had worked. For that reason, he was elated. Although, poor Ethan. Rob actually felt bad about that. There was something about the kid with the crutches that Rob related to. He felt a kinship with the shy, quiet boy. Ethan had been born into an unfortunate situation, much like Rob had, and Ethan had felt true anguish and heartbreak seeing Galloway unleash her inner slut. Rob knew that Ethan was in love with the rebellious officer. Heartbreak was rough. But if the kid thought there was a chance he was going to get together with a woman like Galloway, he was barking up the wrong tree. Better to pull off that band-aid fast and brutal so he could move on. Ethan returned to his apartment after the incident, shaken, hurting, and miserable. Rob decided the kid needed a thrill something to take his mind off of seeing Galloway act like a complete two-timing slut. It was finally time to send his mother into his arms. And Ethan had gone for it. I did that for you, little buddy. Rob smiled as he watched Ethan over the camera screens becoming a man for the first time with his hot sexy little mommy. Enjoy. Then Rob turned from the computer array. Watching the rough sex that Galloway had performed had given him certain needs. He stepped into the bedroom. Kelsey was waiting patiently. Tonight Rob was feeling in a rough and corruptive mood. H how do I look? Kelsey asked. Her voice was timid, her behavior embarrassed. Stunning. Rob smiled. She lit up at his answer. Her smile peeling back, giving him a flash of those cute chipmunk-like teeth. God, she was cute. Tonight, Rob had made his neighbor and favorite plaything dress up. She was wearing a superhero costume Supergirl, to be exact. The bright blue spandex top strained against her full DD tits, and snugged flush against her flat tummy. Her bright red skirt was playfully short. Kelsey's smooth legs went up forever, 
it seemed. Rob had never given much thought to her legs before he'd been gifted his magical mind-control computer. She had never really shown them off, and much of Rob's focus was on Kelsey's giant rack and her cute endearing face with the slight overbite and cheerful smile. But she had legs like a model in an 80s beer commercial. Rounding out the costume, the boots were a nice touch, stopping at the knee. She looked ridiculous in the costume hardly the superhero type. She was too cute and too meek for that. But Halloween was inching closer, and violating strong women seemed to be the theme of the evening. Speaking of, Rob pulled the ski mask down over his head and glared at her through the eye holes. Kelsey looked a bit uneasy as she regarded him, tugging cutely at the hem of her skirt. Rob typed away for a minute on his keyboard. Tonight, he narrated, Supergirl is going to try to arrest me, but she's going to lose that fight. He allowed an evil smile behind his mask. As soon as he put the keyboard down, Kelsey played the part exactly as he had typed. She sprang at him, trying to sound commanding and authoritative. Halt criminal. It wasn't much of a fight, really. Rob grabbed at her and tossed her lightly onto the bed, cackling as he did. Before Kelsey could try to get up, Rob was on her, pinning her to the bed, and tying her hands to the headboard. Oh, don't hurt me, Kelsey whimpered out. Even under some sort of magical hypnosis, she wasn't the best actress. Shut up, super bitch, he snapped back at her. When he was certain that her hands were bound, he sat back for a moment to admire his handiwork. Ropes and ties had never been at the top of Rob's fantasy list. But for most of his life, his fantasy list was just to have a girl who was as attractive as Kelsey. He would have taken sex with her anyway. But now he had her, and he could explore all avenues of fun with her. There was no denying how hot she looked tied to the bed, looking so sweet and innocent and helpless. He walked around the bed, leering at her from behind his criminal mask. Mmm. I finally caught the infamous Supergirl. Now what should I do with her? Kelsey whimpered and squirmed her voice soft and playing the part of fearful and cute. It drove Rob wild. He was already feeling his cock swelling in his pants. That innocent little face of hers always got to him. It'd be an awful shame to waste a body like this, he says and ran his hand over one of her big round breasts. Her costume was skin tight and her flesh warm and yielding beneath. He gave her tit a rough slap, making it jiggle. A whimper escaped Kelsey's lips. A real shame. He continued, moving around her body. He grabbed her by the ankles and forced her legs apart. Oh, please no. She cooed out, but clearly her heart wasn't in it. She sounded like a slut just waiting for her punishment. Rob reached beneath her skirt and felt for her panties. When he grasped them, he gave a hard yank and snapped them right off. Kelsey cried out again, and before she could recover from the thrill, Rob stuffed her panties right into her mouth. This is so you can't call for help, super slut. He snarled at her, then climbed up onto the bed and knelt on her stomach, his legs on either side of her body. He eagerly pushed her top up over her enormous tits until they spilled out. Kelsey whimpered and squirmed as her breasts were revealed. Rob licked his lips. He gave each one of her tits a little slap, making them jiggle. But he couldn't resist. He had the overwhelming urge to put his cock right between those big juicy melons. He inched his hips up her body and released his throbbing manhood from its prison. Fuck he'd been hard as a rock ever since he witnessed the crude violation of Officer Galloway. Now it was time for his own reward. He slapped his cock on each of Kelsey's boobs. She moaned and writhed at the soft flesh-on-flesh slaps that jiggled them and hardened her nipples. Then he rested his ten inches of solid meaty cock in the valley between her tits. He spat on them crudely, 
in the same way that the trio of burglars had spat on Galloway. There was a disrespect to the gesture that would have made Rob cringe in his younger years. Now he found he rather enjoyed it. He spat over and over again on the chest of his biggest crush now personal slut until his cock and her tits were good and coated. Then he wrapped her boobs tightly around his shaft. He moaned as the pleasant warmth made his cock all but disappear. Look at these big fucking melons. Rob grunted at Kelsey as he started to thrust his hips. You just like showing them off, don't you, Supergirl? You could easily wear a metal chest plate, or Kevlar or something to hide this body. But you don't. Because you love the attention. He grunted, pushing his cock deeper, the head popping out her cleavage and poking her in the chin again and again. You're just a thrill-seeking slut for attention. Kelsey moaned and whimpered around the wadded-up panties in her mouth. Rob gripped her tits, pulling them into his thrusts. Yes, 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 so big and soft. He was grunting like an animal. The bed began to shake as he aggressively fucked her chest, his cock jabbing her in the chin again and again. His balls rubbed back and forth across her silky skin. Yes, ugh, fuck yes. He slapped her tits again, getting lost in the rough fantasy. You like my big cock between these fucking udders, he grunted. Kelsey could only meekly nod her head. A muffled MMHMMM cried out from behind the gag. Of course you do, Rob grunted fucking harder between her big round pillows. He slapped her tits again, and couldn't resist reaching down and tugging her hair. She cried out but continued to gasp and moan like his little slut. Mmm. 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 That's it, you big-titted bitch. Rob grunted, taking a cue from the burglars and the way they treated Galloway. He yanked the gag out of Kelsey's mouth and grabbed her by the bouncy, playful hair. He yanked her head until she was facing down toward his thrusting manhood as it plowed in and out between her plump, juicy tits. Open your cocksucker. We'll put that mouth of yours to good use, he said. Kelsey obediently opened her mouth, her eyes big and innocent-looking. Just the right blend of scared and whorish that made Rob want to violate her in every way. He thrust his cock into her open mouth and stuffed her deep, practically sitting on her chest now. Kelsey's cheeks puffed out cutely as Rob fucked her mouth. He held her firmly by the hair. Swallow this cock, baby. Swallow it. He grunted. Kelsey's sweet muffled moans echoed throughout the bedroom. Yeah, you're lucky I didn't send you downstairs to those robbers. They would have had a feeding frenzy over this sweet face. He moaned, enjoying the way her eyes widened and teared up at the suggestion. Her lips tightened around his shaft. Her tongue darted tentative tastes of his skin. Her cheeks puckered with the effort to suck him. When Rob had his fill of violating her mouth, he pulled out. Kelsey let out a sigh, able to breath. Streamers of spit and drool clung from her lips to his cock, and left wet lines of saliva across her bare tits. Rob felt powerful, he felt in control, and each time that Kelsey whimpered or looked nervous, his cock jumped excitedly. Nobody had ever regarded him with fear before, and it was sort of intoxicating. There was nothing gentle about the way he took Kelsey when he climbed between her legs. He enjoyed the sound of her gentle grunts. There was something intoxicating about the reverence in her expression. He grabbed her legs and wrapped them around his waist. You're going to get used over and over again, super slut. He commented. He reached beneath her, grabbing her by the ass and lifting her into his thrusts. She squealed as he impaled her with his throbbing staff. Oh! She shut her eyes and pulled against the ropes that held her to the headboard. Rob's grip tightened. He moved his hips quickly turning them to a blur as he pounded her pussy. Her pink womanhood violated so deep and rough by the horny author. 
The bed beneath them squealed its protests to the way that Rob bucked his hips, but he didn't care. From behind his ski mask, Rob looked at Kelsey's big bare boobs and decided he wanted to make them bounce completely out of control. He thrust harder, deeper. Her tits wobbled and shook, falling into a steady rhythmic circle motion. Each time he thrust into her, they bounced high, smacking her in the chin. Kelsey's innocent pixie face was a mask of pleasure and worry. She could do nothing but moan pathetically as Rob took her by force, his libido on overdrive, and his mind still fixated on the rough pounding that Galloway had taken. Oh. 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 Hearing her normally innocent voice moaning in such a mindless sexual way made her sound all the more like a slut. Kelsey's eyes fluttered and she shut them, straining against her binds and arching her back as she started to come on Rob's cock. He slapped her across the cheek, turning her face red. Look at me when I fuck you, slut! He roared in a voice that he barely recognized. Kelsey obeyed, opening her eyes and staring at him with that same stormy conflict of fear and reverence. That's right. Look at your master. I'll keep you tied to this bed and fuck you forever, Supergirl. He grunted. Again and again and again. The bed shook, the headboard beat steadily on the wall. Kelsey's large heavy tits worked in circles like Google eyes, smacking together, smacking her chin in heavy fleshy sounds. Rob's cock plowed and pulverized her sweet little sex hole. Oh, oh. Kelsey's mindless moans only urged him on. I'm going to fuck that pretty little brain out of your head. He grunted like an animal. Yes, sir. That's right. Just remember how you called me that. He screamed. You're not so strong and independent now, are you, superhero whore? He spat at her, slapped her, yanked her hair and barked orders and insults at her. And he wasn't going to stop at just one orgasm. He was going to do this again and again and again until he was tired. Supergirl, a.k.a. Kelsey, was at his mercy until then. The bed thundered against the wall long into the evening hours. Kelsey and Rob's moans of lust echoed throughout the house like ghostly wails. Rob dumped cum load after cum load on his perfect little fuck toy. Sometimes in her pussy, sometimes on her tits, sometimes on her tummy. Each time, he made no effort to clean her up. The cum was to mark her as his territory. The entire time, Kelsey was amazing the perfect distraction. And that distraction was the exact reason that he didn't see what happened next, and therefore had no control over it. One aide Danny Esposito was experiencing a bit of a fog. She wasn't sure what had been going on in her life lately, but there were time gaps where she simply couldn't recall whatsoever. And she wouldn't have noticed it, or given it any thought, but one glance the clock, and she saw that she was due for a FaceTime call with her brother soon. That was when it hit her. She couldn't remember the last time she'd spoken with Bill. That was totally abnormal. She always talked to him daily. Always. But she couldn't remember what they talked about last night, or if they talked, or the night before that, or the night before that. When she sat down and tried to work out the numbers, it was all a strange blur. That made no sense to her. She was meticulous about keeping in touch with her brother, especially with him being on deployment. She really had to fight hard to remember, and each time that she did, her mind grew fuzzy and there was nothing but blankness. Why couldn't she remember? Bill normally had such good advice and Danny always took it to heart, the things he said. For one heart-stopping moment, she suddenly had this horrific fear that something had happened to him. Maybe they had been missing their FaceTime calls for some awful reason. Was Bill hurt, or worse? No. Danny might not remember her calls to her brother, but she would certainly remember news of that nature. Something else had to be going on. Danny just couldn't fathom what. 
She waited tensely by the tablet until it was that time, running her hand nervously through her hair. Oh God, what if he didn't call? What if he'd just gone radio silent, and her not remembering was some weird psychological response to the stress her brain blocking it out to spare her the pain? Suddenly, the tablet lit up with the familiar ring, and Danny sagged with relief. Oh, thank God. She smiled and hit the answer button. The screen changed and Bill's bright smiling face filled the screen. He was in his tent, lounging on his cot, with the familiar pinups on the wall behind him. He was shirtless, which was a little odd, since he usually wasn't so casual with his body, but Danny didn't give it any thought. She was just glad to see him. Hey, Bill. Thank God. It's so weird, but I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. She just blurted out in her soft, squeaky voice. Bill's smile grew brighter. I know, baby. I've missed you so much since last night. His voice was dreamy and lusty. Danny was confused. Baby? I can't stop thinking about you. Bill said, and suddenly the camera moved down his body. Danny gasped. Her brother was completely naked. His massive swollen hard-on was in his hand and he was stroking himself in long, eager pumps. Bill, what are you doing? Danny was horrified. Sorry for jumping the gun, Danny, but every time I think about you, I can't stop myself. Can't wait until I'm back and we can finally do this for real. It's fucking torture only being able to imagine it. He moaned as he stroked himself. His cock throbbing and jumping. A drop of precum oozed from the head and rolled down his shaft. Danny was frozen. What the hell was he saying? This was her brother. And he was saying the most perverse stuff while showing his dick to his own sister. Show me that hot little body of yours, Danny. God, I love your perky tits. Bill stroked faster. Bill! What the fuck? Danny's voice grew loud, shrill and horrified. Bill stopped, like someone had pulled the needle off a record player. The camera swung up his body and Bill's expression was of confusion. What? He asked. You're naked and jerking off. Bill's face flushed red as it dawned on him that something was very wrong. But the confusion remained. Danny, we've doing this every night for weeks now. What's wrong? What's gotten into you? What's gotten into me? She nearly shouted. What's gotten into you? I'm your sister and you're jerking off to me. But we've been. Bill's face was a mixture of genuine horror and confusion. Was somebody playing some overly elaborate prank on him? I mean, I thought we've been. You said, you've been doing this too. No, I haven't. Jesus Christ, Bill. But even as she said it, she remembered the fog she honestly didn't remember their last FaceTime calls. There were far too many gaps in her memory. The horror dawned on her. Oh God. What have they been doing? I, uh, I don't know what to say, Danny. Bill's face was equally confused and horrified. His mind going in a million different directions. How did his sister not remember everything they'd done? Had she been on drugs? Was this the early stages of dementia? Did she have some split personality disorder? Or was all of this some fucked up and twisted prank? Bill felt complete panic. I gotta go, Danny said. Her eyes were wide. Her expression genuine horror. Oh my god, I have to go. She hung up before Bill could reply. What the fuck was going on? Outside help Galloway led Ethan into the upstairs office. It was rather unremarkable, cluttered, and piled high with books. He instantly loved it the second that he saw it, and though he didn't know who it belonged to, he held them in high regard. There was no pretense to a room like this. 
no overly inflated sense of self-importance that was trying to be conveyed to visitors. And likewise, it wasn't sterile like the billions of office and cubicle-type settings with gray bland carpet and lifeless metal desks. This room had age and character. The old wooden floor and cracked plaster walls gave it warmth. And the books and disorganization told a story about who it belonged to one of practicality and not taking oneself too seriously. As they entered, Galloway drawled out a few lines from a song that she listened to regularly. She sounded like a drill instructor shouting cadence. Hellfire, hellfire, take my soul. A woman's voice responded from behind the desk, dry and humorless. You call me hellfire again, Red, and you and I are going to have a problem. Ethan saw that the woman who owned the office was younger than he imagined. She was maybe only a couple years older than Kate Galloway, about thirty. She was naturally pretty, without makeup on her sharp features. Her chestnut brown hair was worn in a simple ponytail. A loose swoop of hair covered one eye. Her clothing was equally casual jeans and a slightly military-looking jacket that was more for style than warmth. There was something about her that Ethan couldn't quite place. She seemed somewhat cold and emotionless like a lady cop or something. The only emotion he detected was thinly-veiled sarcasm. Galloway introduced them. Ethan, this is my boss, Hellfire Halley Hargrove. Haley? Ethan asked. Halley, like the comet. She got up from her desk. Ethan noticed she was wearing tattered old Chuck Taylor sneakers. She didn't have Galloway's figure, but she was cute and compact. Her boobs were perky beneath her shirt, and her hips gave her ass a perfect round shape. But it was the face that drew him in. Galloway might resemble Neve Campbell, but Halley's face reminded Ethan of a cheesy B-movie actress. What was her name? Angela DePasquo, maybe? Regardless, there was something about her that Ethan found sexy. He sensed a lot of interesting and quirky depth behind her stoic mask. Galloway grinned from ear to ear. Ethan, just call her Hellfire, if you really need to get her attention. Halley's expression didn't change but registered annoyance with Galloway. Her eyes flicked to Galloway, then back to the nervous boy with the crutches. I see you traded in Quinn for someone more mature and better looking. Halley said after a beat. She was being serious. Ethan couldn't help laughing quietly. He resisted the urge to quit being either of those isn't very hard, but he thought the better of it. Ethan's my neighbor. We watch out for each other in this crazy apartment that I apparently moved into. Galloway explained, resting her hand on his shoulder. I see. Halley Hargrove's eyes inspected Ethan closely, and he suppressed a shiver. He felt like he was walking through an X-ray machine. She was looking right through him. Right, just neighbors, she said with a ghost of a smile at the corner of her lips. Ethan blushed, and Halley's hint of a smile widened. She knew in an instant. Are you good with computers? Ethan answered nervously. Um, so-so, I guess. She looked thoughtful. Too bad. I'm always in the market to hire one of those genius kids who can hack anything online. Is she being serious? Ethan glanced at Galloway. Galloway only shrugged. Halley didn't miss a beat. Learn. Come back when you can impress the hell out of me, and I'll make you one of those guys like in the movies who sits in the van at the bank of computers watching monitors and talking on radios. Again, Ethan wasn't sure if she was kidding or not. Unlike Galloway, this woman was very hard to read. Halley led Galloway and Ethan out into the hallway, giving a brief tour apparently for Ethan's benefit. Along the way, Galloway explained the events occurring at the apartment. To Ethan's surprise, Halley didn't look doubtful. She considered everything thoughtfully. Even to Ethan, some of Galloway's stories sounded crazy. These women must either really trust each other, 
or Hallie had an excellent poker face. They passed what had once been a bank vault clearly the building had been converted a long time ago from a bank into the office of Hallie's investigative and private police force. But much like Hallie's office, the conversion had been more for practicality and convenience of the employees, and less about impressing people. However, one thing did impress Ethan as he gazed past the nearly one-foot-thick steel door that was propped open, and through the mantrap-style security bars, he spotted what must have been the armory where Galloway got her rifle. Instead of safety deposit boxes, there were two long racks of guns on either side of the room. They were a sweat team's dream. Rifles and shotguns, all decked out in black polymer with flashlights, lasers, and fancy sights. He even spotted a few long-range specialty rifles. At the back was a workbench for making adjustments. Well, he said. Galloway smirked. Hallie gets to tinker with some pretty neat toys. That's more of Captain Graver's office. Hallie replied. You met Captain Graver during my training, Galloway said. Ethan nodded. The blonde guy with the scar. Yep. He runs the tactical division, and he's also Hallie's husband-to-be. He gets to play with guns, and Hallie gets to play with him. Galloway couldn't resist the shit-eating grin that spread across her lips. You know, Galloway. Hallie sighed. We haven't yet wasted enough money training you that I won't hesitate to cut you loose. Graver likes me. Galloway shot back. Graver's an idiot. Yeah, but you're marrying him. Galloway teased. That'll be my biggest secret. I'm staying Hargrove. Ethan was blown away by their natural banter. It was starting to make sense that these two got along dangerously well. They left the vault behind and stepped into the investigative main office. It wasn't as impressive as Ethan had hoped. He had been picturing something like mission control at NASA. Instead, he was greeted to an office little larger than a living room. Two long desks faced each other, computer monitors dividing it. Around the perimeter of the room were counters where various equipment were laid out, charging, or being worked on. Hallie explained that this was their research room, and that half of her company was devoted to investigations. Due diligence and insurance injuries were part of that. Most of it sounded boring. But then Hallie talked about surveillance, while placed hidden cameras that looked like tree stumps, or utilizing men in the field. She grinned, the first actual smile he'd see on her face, and it was slightly wicked. You don't have a smartphone, do you, Ethan? He shook his head. Good. Good for you. She pulled up a seat at a computer desk and turned the monitor to face them. The Fourth Amendment is dead. And it wasn't the government with some anti-terrorism act that killed it. Cell phones and social media killed it. And instead of protesting, the American people were all too happy to pay to give it away. Check this out. Hallie brought up a map of the region. It looked like a Google map that people use for directions. The internet is voluntary public domain. In other words, if you snap a picture of something with your phone and stick it on your Facebook or Twitter, it belongs to the public. Anyone can see it. Hallie turned to an assistant working at a terminal. Alex, take a picture of Galloway's boots and post them to your Twitter. While her assistant did, Hallie zoomed in on the map until the industrial park where her office was located became discernible. Within seconds a little bubble appeared in real time. Hallie clicked it and the photo of Galloway's weathered combat boots opened up and linked to Alex's Twitter page. This is in real time. Hallie explained then began to zoom out. One by one, little bubbles began to appear at random all over the map. Ethan leaned forward. His face registered shock when he saw what each of them was. The program was monitoring open social networks in any area of the country, and it showed Hallie all the things that were being uploaded live, 
where they currently were, what the postings were, and who was uploading them. This isn't even something that only I have access to, Hallie said. Anyone with a credit card can subscribe to this. It doesn't have to be live. Give me a zip code, and a date, and this baby will show me all of the wonderful things that unsuspecting people have made public on the World Wide Web last week, last month, last year, on Christmas Day 2015, or Spring Solstice 2017, and so on. Ethan was in awe. Hypothetically, how would this be helpful? Let's say there's a car accident, and we need witnesses to tell us who's at fault, but nobody is around when the police arrive to interview. Then we pull up the intersection on the map at the date and time, and see if anyone might have been live-streaming video or photos of it. We check their social media account, and bingo, we have a name of a witness to contact, as well as their material. Scary, huh? Galloway smirked. And it's perfectly legal, because people are voluntarily doing this giving up their privacy to show me where they're having dinner, or who they're hanging out with. That information was already out there and available if you knew how to find it. The only thing this program does is organizes it in a practical way. I meant, how does this help us with what's going on at our apartment? A corner of Halley's mouth twitched. Galloway just shrugged at Halley. He's practical, what can I say? The kid's sharp. She agreed. Fine, you caught me. It doesn't, Halley admitted. I just wanted to show off. The point is, you guys have all of my resources and support at your fingertips. Research archives, camera equipment, surveillance gadgets, computer software, Graver and his tactical division, whatever you need to stop this guy, you have my support. Under two conditions. She ticked them off on her fingers. If this lunatic is as twisted as you say he is, my team gets to take partial credit for apprehending him. My firm needs the publicity. What's the second condition? Ethan was curious. We're doing this covertly. Because if this goes tits up, and it'll probably go tits up, we don't get any of the blame for your shenanigans. Hallie patted Galloway on the shoulder and locked eyes with Ethan for a moment so prolonged that he self-consciously wanted to look away. She winked, the ghost of a smile still lingering at the corner of her mouth. As she walked away, Ethan couldn't help but watch her go. Galloway caught him looking and couldn't resist smiling. She is the coolest boss I've ever had. And she's now in our corner. Ethan met her eyes and shook his head astounded in that woman. Hellfire, hellfire, take my soul. He repeated Galloway's earlier song like he was swooning over love at first sight. Then they both started giggling, delighted in each other. Chapter 11 The Allies they had spent the afternoon conducting research at the office of Galloway's boss and leading investigator, Hallie Hargrove. Hallie had actually proven to be a talented researcher, which was a relief because Galloway might have bravery and boldness on her side but she was lost after a few basic Google searches and had begun to idly check her email instead. Though they hadn't uncovered anything to explain the magic powers of Rob's computer or its power over the mind, Hallie had managed to procure a complete history of their suspect Robert Bradford. They found no criminal history, merely biographical information of his writing successes. That made sense. They supposed that a noted author wouldn't have anything in his history to tarnish his career especially at this day, an age where ruining people's lives with the scarlet letter of their past was all the rage. More interesting than Rob, Hallie had found a history of the Connolly house, where they lived. Everything she found fit the symptoms of classic haunted house. Did you know that the cemetery behind it had to be relocated so they could lay the foundation for the house where you two live? Hallie had browsed article after article. Galloway snorted. That makes sense. 
Nothing pisses off a spirit like having its eternal resting place dug up and moved. I didn't realize the cemetery is that old, Ethan admitted. Hallie continued to go through her findings. While there's nothing specific, the house has reports of haunted activities. The historical society had an interest in it for a while, and used to host candlelit ghost tours around the town during Halloween before the current management bought it out, and requested that they stop including the mansion as part of the tour. I guess the landlord had a hard enough time keeping tenants. Renters had a notoriously high turnover rate. Ethan was intrigued. Does it say what was happening? Like what kind of ghost? What was it doing? Was it a demon? Hallie merely shrugged. It doesn't say, kid. Your guess is as good as mine. It was a dead end. Thoughts of ghosts were fresh in their minds as they left the office. Well, at least it sort of explains why Rob can suddenly make weird things happen with the tap of his keyboard. Ethan shrugged as Galloway drove them home. Does it, though? Galloway asked. Plenty of places are haunted. I've never heard of mind control abilities. We can tangle ourselves up in the details all day, Ethan said. But the fact is that it's happening for some reason. So what are we going to do about it? Galloway gave him a sideways glance from the corner of her eye. A little smile formed across her lips. Starting to sound like me, now. You're a bad influence, I guess. Ethan blushed as he said it. Galloway couldn't stop the wide, proud grin from spreading. Still sore, are you? Ethan smiled guiltily. His face only grew redder. A little, yeah? Are you? Oh God, yeah. Galloway laughed. You're, um, very gifted. She let her eyes wander down to Ethan's lap. His face was bright red, and he had to look away when he felt his crotch tensing beneath her stare. So, um, going back to my last question. He hurried to change the subject. After everything that happened, their wild night together, their passionate sex sessions, seeing each other completely naked and all of it, he was still shy. It was so cute. What are we going to do about this? Ethan wasn't happy with Galloway's answer. She dropped him in front of the apartment, before heading right back to the office. Why? He asked her, feeling like she was dumping him off. Because I need to coordinate something with Hallie, Captain Graver, and some of the other officers. And I need to do it without you there. Why? Ethan asked. I thought we were all on the same team. We are, she assured him. But what we're going to be discussing isn't completely legal. And if this goes horribly wrong in a way that gets us into trouble, I don't want you to have any prior knowledge, so you don't get charged with something. There it was. She was trying to protect him. Ethan hated it. He was the man. He felt like he should be the one protecting her. But as he appraised Galloway, he realized that she was the type of woman who'd never need protecting. That was just her nature. Fine, but what do I do until you get home? Ethan asked. I don't know. Make me a nicer dinner? She smirked. Fuck you, Ethan said. I'm not your mother. And they both laughed. It'll be that much easier to get me out of my pants again tonight if you do. Galloway batted her eyelashes at him. That sounds fun, but could we maybe, you know, just sort of cuddle and kiss for a while? I remember a lot of kissing and hand-holding last night. That was nice. Ethan reddened. You are such a girl. Galloway laughed. Ethan responded with another. Fuck you. Regardless, Galloway reached over and gave his hand a squeeze. Fine, but I can't promise I won't try to rock your world again. They settled on that deal. So when Galloway left Ethan in front of the house, he was surprised to see someone sitting on the front steps. Ethan didn't know the name of the college girls in 1A, 
but had seen each of them in passing at some point or another. This particular one was the tall, slender girl who was built like a supermodel. She had long, straight, dark hair, big eyes, and a sincere face. She would have been Ethan's biggest crush of the three college girls, if it wasn't for a very high-pitched squeaky voice that bordered on annoying. Ethan wasn't sure what she was doing on the front steps, but she looked shaken and upset. Her eyes were haunted, and she was drowning in a hooded sweatshirt emblazoned with the eagle, globe, and anchor of the U.S. Marine Corps. She was chewing one of her fingernails and staring off into space, seeing things within her own head. Ethan started up the front steps, mindful of his crutches as he squeezed past her. She didn't even acknowledge him, too lost in her own thoughts. As he stepped up to the front door of the apartment building, he glanced back one last time and felt sorry for her. A memory flashed in his brain one of him reading books on the front steps because he'd locked himself out of his apartment and didn't want to ask anyone for help. That had been the day he'd met Galloway. That was why he found himself blurting out, Hey you! In exactly the same way that she'd called out to him on that very first day. She looked up, the surprise apparent in her expression. Her eyes had grown large as she snapped out of her trance. And me? She asked, in that high-pitched Minnie Mouse voice. Yeah, you. Is everything all right? Oh, I'm okay. Her answer was almost too quick. Ethan had never been good at reading people too shy and self-conscious for his own good. But he knew immediately she was lying. And although the old him would have accepted that answer, and he would have retreated back into his comfort zone, this time he didn't. Are you sure? He pressed. Yeah, I'm good. She tried to smile but it feels short on quivering lips and nervous eyes. Then to her shock, Ethan came back and shuffled himself into a sitting position beside her. He rested his crutches up on the railing. I always sort of noticed you, he admitted, but I never caught your name. Deep down, even as he asked it, he wondered where the hell those words had come from. He was never the type to approach first. Especially not gorgeous women like this one. Was this what it felt like to have self-esteem? The way he and Galloway had made love last night was certainly fresh in his mind. He felt good because of it. He felt like deep down, everyone was just as shy and afraid as he had been, and there was nothing to be afraid of. Danny, she smiled timidly. I'm Ethan, he said. Then he tilted his head to his crutches. Better than Tiny Tim, right? At first she didn't react, as though she wasn't sure if it was okay for her to giggle at his lame joke or not. Nice to meet you, she said finally. Tough crowd, huh? Ethan said. I'm sorry, I'm just so out of it right now. I'll just warn you, Ethan, that I'm going to be really terrible company. I don't mean to bring you down, too. Ethan just went out on a limb. There's something weird going on, isn't there? She scrutinized his face, and she cocked one of her eyebrows. Missing time? People acting weird in sort of a pervy way? You feel like you've done things that are definitely not things you do or say? Now Danny blinked at him with a startled expression. Yes. She finally blurted out. How did you know? Because I've been experiencing it too. So has my friend in 2B she's sort of a cop. So has the married couple across the hall from you. We've all been talking and things are happening to all of us. Danny lowered her voice, glancing around as though someone might be within earshot. Her cheeks reddened her eyes looked ashamed. I'm going to tell you something. But you promise you won't tell anyone? And do you promise you won't judge me? No, I would never do that, Ethan said earnestly. Danny told Ethan everything about what was happening with her and her brother. He listened intently, his face not registering any judgment, which only spurred on Danny's confession. 
she felt comfortable around him. When she was done, she buried her face in her hands. Oh God, you must think I'm so fucked up. I don't. Ethan rested a reassuring hand on Danny's shoulder. There's some things I should tell you too. But it's important that you remember that you're not alone. But before they could go into exact details, Galloway pulled up and parked out front. She found them sitting side by side on the front steps, looking like a pair of frightened kids. They could have been a cute couple on a date, if they didn't look like they were trying to comfort each other. Cheating on me already, are you? Galloway mused, trying to breathe some humor into the situation. This is Danny, Ethan said told Galloway. I think we all need to have a talk. They went back to Galloway's apartment together. 3A in the afternoon, Robert Bradford sat in the turret stroking his chin like an evil villain straight out of a movie. He was watching his computer monitors, without really watching them. The source of his distraction was an obvious one. Kelsey was moving throughout the apartment that she now shared with him, decorating for Halloween. She'd set up strobe lights, flicker flame string lights, crime scene tape, and bubbling beakers throughout the place especially in the turret. Rob figured if he was going to feel like a mad scientist, he may as well look the part. She was only in her underwear. A pair of maroon satin panties and a bra that unintentionally matched the color of Kate Galloway's dyed hair. Her bra appeared to be straining against her enormous double D-cup breasts. Rob wondered if she was really an E-cup and hadn't yet realized it. And her thighing disappeared in the crack of her cute butt. She really didn't have much of an ass, but her large breasts, long smooth legs, and cute face more than made up for it. Her little bunny rabbit facial features with her turned-up nose and slight overbite. Her brown hair full of blonde highlights was tied up the way she often did it like a turned-up feather duster that bounced and swayed as she moved. Everything about her was smooth and tight and curvy and tan. But at the end of the day, he always came back to that face. He couldn't get enough. He thought about taking her right then and there, but the fact was, he was still a little tired and sore from the rough pounding he'd given her last night. There was some bruising around her wrist from where he'd tied her to the bed and he reminded himself to be more gentle next time. She was precious, after all. He wondered how she even had the energy to decorate today. Well, he partially knew, he glanced at his computer, and for just the briefest moments, his shoulders slumped. It's all hollow. He thought. None of this is real. Kelsey might be in the room with him, but she's not here voluntarily, and it's not her driving her body. It's him, and only him, and the weird powers of his computer. For a second, Rob felt tremendously lonely. But then he glanced back at Kelsey, and the sight of her stirred his libido into overruling his conscience. Kelsey stood on her toes as she reached to the curtain rod and hung up some fake spiderwebs. She was softly humming to herself as she did. It was a tune that Rob didn't know, and certainly hadn't programmed into her actions for today. That's nice, he said to her. What is that? Huh? Kelsey glanced his way and threw him her usual cheerful smile. You're humming. What is that? I was humming? You were. Oh, she blushed. It was a song my dad taught me. He was in Vietnam, and used to listen to this Australian song about the war all the time. It's a sad one, but I love it. I can stop if it's bothering you. No, it's lovely, Rob said, staring at her. She smiled at him and continued her work. Rob was mystified. He began to wonder how much of her behavior was his mind control influence, and how much of it was her own personal free will. Rob had been creative with his influence over the other tenants throughout the house. Some he controlled hard, like Tina or TJ. Others, 
he merely planted ideas into, and let it lead them to their own perversions, like Galloway. But watching Kelsey, Rob wondered just how it all worked. She certainly didn't act out the things that he typed with robotic precision. She injected her own personality into it, even if her actions weren't free will. A caged bird will still sing, Rob said to himself, and again felt an overwhelming feeling of sadness. For one impulsive moment, Rob thought about undoing everything on the computer that was controlling her, and giving her free will back snapping her out of this spell he'd put her under. What was that? Kelsey asked him, her expression perky and cheerful, like she usually was. He swallowed. She would never be perky again, never give him another genuine smile if he undid everything and told her the truth. She would never forgive him, and she would never ever love him. He was in too deep. There was no going back now. Nothing. He smiled and turned back to the windows. He glanced outside in time to see Danny, the college girl on the first floor, sitting on the front steps of the building, watching the cars pass in the street. The kid with the crutches was squeezing past her in that shy way that he had. Rob could relate. He'd been just as nervous around pretty girls when he was that age, and Rob hadn't been forced to walk with crutches. But then something miraculous happened. About halfway into the house, the kid turned around, spoke with the girl, then joined her on the front steps. They sat together talking for several long minutes. Way to go, kid, he said to himself. Maybe Ethan's little role in the hay with his sexy mother had been the confidence boost that he needed. True, the mother-slash-son hookup had been sexy as hell, and mostly done for Rob's dark pleasure, but truth be told, Rob wanted Ethan to have a win. And when it came to the college girls in 1A, Rob's imagination had been a bit lacking. He was too distracted with Kelsey, too preoccupied with Galloway's corruption. Maybe he ought to give these two kids a happy ending. Danny was certainly a hottie, with the exception of that squeaky voice of hers. But maybe he could give them a few nudges in the right direction. Plus, if they became a couple, that opened the door to new possibilities. Danny and Ethan could enjoy his mother together. Or Rob could fuck Danny right in front of Ethan. That usually turned him on. Hell, it was turning him on right now, just to think about. Rob returned his attention to the computer screens, suddenly eager for another dalliance with TJ and her wimp-ass husband Chris. That was always fun. But when he looked at the screens, he frowned. They still weren't back yet, and the apartment was just as trashed as the burglars had left it after Galloway's punishment. Rob wondered if this might be a good time to test how far his influence reached. If he could type something about them returning at a specific time, and seeing if his powers reached beyond the walls of the building. He suspected not, but he'd give it a try. He was about to get started, when he heard a car door slam out front. Hopefully that'd be the burgers, back from their out-of-town trip. But when he glanced out the window, he spotted Galloway. She was talking on the front steps with Ethan and Danny for a little while. Then the three of them went inside, together. Rob followed them on the cameras until the little trio went into Galloway's apartment, the only remaining blind spot in the building. Rob sat for a while, pondering the implications of this. It could have been perfectly innocent. Galloway and Ethan were friends, after all. And if Ethan was making friends with Danny, maybe Galloway was going to help steer these two together. That'd be nice. But Rob remembered yesterday. The incident with Ethan seeing Galloway with the burglars. It hardly seemed normal for them to just forget all about it put it behind them, and suddenly have a dinner party for the three of them. Rob once again cursed himself for not installing cameras in Galloway's unit. Because now he desperately wanted to know what was being talked about in there. He needed to get his game face on, and start paying more attention. When he glanced at Kelsey, 
he saw that one of her brass straps had slid down her slender shoulder. Ugh, that would be easier said than done, because focus was not easy to come by lately. To be they sat in the kitchen of Galloway's apartment. She wasn't a tea drinker so she didn't have any to offer to Danny, though she did have some hot chocolate packets. She made a mug for Ethan. Danny, on the other hand, probably needed something stronger. Galloway set a beer down on the table in front of the girl and opened one for herself. There was a long silence as the three of them shared a quiet drink. Finally Galloway just came out and asked it. All right, what's going on with you? Danny blinked, surprised by Galloway's phrasing. Just tell her what you told me. Ethan prompted. Danny did. She went into detail about the time gaps, her fuzzy memories, and her brother's weird sexual advances, as well as when he insisted they'd been doing this for a long time now. When she was done, she looked ashamed, confused, and exhausted. Ethan patted her lightly on the shoulder. He told her everything that had happened with his mother. There was a shame in the way he spoke, but also a strange sense of pride owning what he'd done in a way that showed accountability. Galloway went last. She shared her stories from her bad dreams to her abrupt change in sexual desires, hurting Quinn in bed, Quinn falling down the stairs, the incident with the burglars, and finally their investigation into the house. She told them about Chris and everything he'd relayed to Galloway. Danny wasn't sure how she felt, but she knew she wanted to believe them. And though it sounded utterly ridiculous, it also seemed entirely possible. She remembered the change in Tina and Lucy's behavior their drop in grades, the way they began to dress like sluts. All of it seemed less like they were doing it of their own free will, and more like they were acting out the fantasies of a man with a perverted imagination and a high libido. Eventually she sighed. Well, it's nice to know I'm not the only one dealing with this stuff. One of us, one of us, Ethan chanted with a dry tone of voice. How does something like that happen? Danny said. Mind controlling people? Galloway could only shrug. We're not ruling out some sort of paranormal entity is at play. Danny folded her arms around her slim body and looked nervous. Ethan climbed from his chair, and despite the effort to put on his crutches, he retrieved her a blanket and wrapped her in it. Galloway smiled at the sweet gesture. The fact is, Ethan said, bringing the conversation back around. A ghost didn't make me and my mother do the things we did. He reddened. You're right, Galloway said. There's a very tangible force at work here. Her eyes flicked up to the ceiling. Upstairs, they could hear the soft creaking as someone walked around on the old wooden floorboards. That guy is a fucking creep. Ethan scowled. We'll deal with him. Galloway promised. What did you and your boss talk about? Ethan was now curious. Galloway smirked. Remember yesterday when those punks took all my gear? Ethan nodded. Hallie wants her guns back. How's she going to get them back? Galloway shrugged in that calm, cool way that her face often reflected. I think we'll know for sure when we go upstairs tomorrow. You're going to just ask him? Ethan looked shocked. Galloway smiled. Nope. This is a shitty idea. This is a shitty idea. This is so cool, but it's a shitty idea. Ethan was muttering over and over again. He was pacing Galloway's kitchen awkwardly with his crutches. Galloway and Danny sat at the table, watching him. Galloway's expression was suppressed amusement. Danny's face reflected Ethan's. Once Galloway had told them her plan, both of them had paled. As if it had heard them, outside, the setting sun had brought with it a chilly howling wind. It shook the Connolly house and made the unsettled boards in the little apartment creak and pop. A few minutes ago, 
the curtains in the living room had started moving on their own, entirely from the breeze whipping up. Of course, Danny and Ethan had been super jumpy. Is it the ghost? They asked. For the love of God, Galloway sighed. Not everything is a ghost. Old houses are very drafty. Especially when the windows are original. Their jumpiness both amused Kate Galloway and exhausted her. She watched as Ethan paced and repeated his mantra. Finally, she asked, Are you finished? Huh? He looked up, then glanced at his dinner plate. Yes. I'm done, he said, then resumed his pacing and muttering. I'm not your damn mother. Galloway shot back. I meant are you done freaking out? Oh. No, I'm not. Because it's a shitty idea. Yeah, I got that. What else it got? And while we're at it, clear your own damn plate. This is my house, you slob. They looked at each other for a long time, then they both burst out into a fit of sputtering giggles. Danny didn't understand these two. How the hell were they so jovial? So the only thing that we have to do is get Rob out of his apartment? Danny was skeptical. Ethan shook his head. Easier said than done. Getting the king to leave his ivory tower? Good luck with that. Have faith, young one, Galloway said. We'll figure something out. Hallie and her team will do the heavy lifting from there. And do what, exactly? Danny asked. She and her technician will review his computers. They want the camera footage that'll help them chase down my stolen equipment. They'll also study this computer of Rob's and find evidence to implicate him in all this bullshit that's going on here. All without a warrant. Ethan shook his head. It wouldn't be the first time Hallie has done this. Galloway commented. What if he comes back while they're still in there? Danny asked. They'll force his hand if necessary, make him confess, make him show them how he does it. And if that doesn't work, they'll destroy his computer and neutralize the threat if necessary. Neutralize? What does that mean? Danny asked. Make him not a threat anymore. One way or the other. Galloway's response was cold and unsympathetic. It's a solid plan. The tricky part is just getting him the hell away from that computer while we enter. That's the real threat. Can we do it? Galloway grinned. Trust me. Oh God, we're fucked, Ethan remarked. Danny and Ethan slept at Galloway's place. It wasn't a big apartment, but it was intimate and cozy. The three of them slept in the living room. Galloway felt like it would have been rude to give anyone the bed, so Ethan and Danny took the couches, and Galloway cozied up on the floor with pillows and blankets. It reminded all of them of the sleepovers they'd have as kids. The next morning met them with nervous energy at what was to come. I don't know about the rest of you, but I slept like shit, Danny said with a yawn. Personally, I think this is a crappy idea, Ethan said. I mean, the history of movies is littered with this type of thing. The burbs, rear window, psycho. It never ends well for the person snooping. So why are you here then? Galloway asked, pulling on a pair of fatigue pants and her boots. She was unabashed about dressing in front of her guests. Ethan had already seen her completely nude, and Danny, it was nothing the girl hadn't seen before. Ethan shrugged. Morbid curiosity. You're kind of a wild card, so I want to see how this goes down. Galloway playfully cocked her eyebrow. If you really don't want to be here, I suppose you could go home and fuck your mother some more. Ethan reddened and frowned. Even though he told both Galloway and Danny, it was still embarrassing. Galloway must have read his expression. I'm sorry, are we not at the point where we can laugh about this yet? There was that smart-ass tone of hers. Too soon, Galloway. Too soon, Ethan said. 
Despite this, they both snickered. Danny looked at them like they were crazy. Eventually Hallie Hargrove arrived with her investigative assistant Alex, the kid with the ponytail who had assisted them with research the previous day, along with two men dressed like commandos military fatigues, boots, vests, and caps. They were dressed like Galloway during her training. Hallie was similarly attired, in boots and equipment. She introduced the men as officers Alvarado and York. They were part of Graver's tactical division they nodded at Galloway. Boys, she replied, and they regarded Ethan and Danny with curious interest. Hallie unpacked a few things on the kitchen table. Small plastic cases filled with shiny metal instruments that could have been dental tools. For an old building, these locks are pretty new and up-to-date, she explained. This could be a good teaching moment. Hallie handed them off to Galloway and walked her through how to use them. Danny and Ethan watched as Hallie narrated the finer points of lock picking. The hard part is not letting the thrill of what you're doing make you lose focus. Hallie stood back as Galloway managed to pick the lock on her home several times, over and over again, under her direction. I think I got it down, thanks Hellfire. Don't mention it. Ah, I remember my first time breaking into a house without a warrant. I had to climb through a second-story window. Hallie smiled to herself. Then she snapped out of it. All right, if everyone is done dicking around, let's get this show on the road. The initial pretext that they had planned to lure Rob out of his apartment was a moot point. Nobody seemed to be home. Officer Alvarado went up the fire escape and checked the windows of both third-floor apartment units. No sign of movement, he reported over the radio. Officer York and Techie Alex sat on the top floor landing and ran a fiber-optic camera beneath the door, snaking it around for a while. Looks clear, boss, he said to Hallie. Hallie shrugged. Just made our jobs a lot easier. Galloway stood by with Danny and Ethan on the top landing, watching tensely as Hallie fiddled with the lockpicks. Her nose was nearly touching the brass knob. Her nimble fingers worked the lockpicks, feeling for the tumblers. Nervous? Hallie asked, not looking up. Her face was calm and determined. She wasn't blinking. You know we are, Ethan answered for them. Well, hold it together, because you're distracting me. She twisted one of the picks, but the lock didn't give. I don't think this guy is going to be gone long, Galloway said, glancing down the stairwell. You may be right. In fact, she most likely was. Rob didn't leave the house often, and when he did, it was for short periods of time to be expected from a shut-in. Finally the lock clicked and the door gave way. Holy shit, Danny said. She hadn't been expecting them to actually succeed. We're in. Your services will no longer be required, Hallie said. Do you need me to be the lookout? You know, in case he comes back we can warn you. Hallie shook her head. Get the kids out of here. They don't need to be accessories to this. And you should bail too, she told Galloway. If my team gets caught, we're strangers to this guy. If you get caught, he knows who you are. And alas, you're tied to me, so I'm responsible for you. It's just less messy. Get the hell out of here. We'll call you when it's done. Galloway, Danny, and Ethan retreated down the stairs, slightly dejected at having been left out, but also slightly relieved. When they were out of earshot, Danny remarked, Man, she is surprisingly chill about this. Looks are misleading. Hallie is definitely the coolest boss I've ever had, Galloway admitted. She's not the stoic bitch that she first comes across as. She's actually very laid back. Think they'll put a stop to all of this? Ethan asked. If anyone could, it's Hallie. 
3A Hallie and her team stepped over the threshold into apartment 3A. It was dead silent within. Keep your weapons holstered. She cautioned the two officers in the group. They checked each room. It didn't take long. It wasn't a big apartment. Clear. York called from the bedroom. Clear. Alvarado echoed from the bathroom. Otherwise, there was nobody. Hallie kept her mouth set in a tight line as she looked around. But despite her outward appearance, her heart was pounding. She didn't make this sort of thing a regular practice. In actuality, Hallie was a very hands-off type of personality. She had spent the majority of her twenties as a field investigator, which mostly entailed surveillance. That meant that she was a shadow and nothing more. If she had interactions with people, got out of her vehicle or made her presence known, it was a rarity. And she preferred to keep it that way. But for Kate Galloway, Hallie would make an exception. Despite their banter, she liked Galloway. Galloway was sort of a spunkier version of herself, and if it wasn't for the fact that she was still in training, Hallie would have no problem delegating situations like this to her. Rob's solitary lifestyle could best be described as bachelor who never outgrew the video gaming nerd phase of a college boy. His furniture was cheap and mismatched. His entertainment system would make the most socially outcast teenage boys drool with envy huge speakers, an even bigger TV, and shelves arranged with every generation of video gaming platform that had existed. She even spotted a few collectibles and action figures posed on the shelves. All of it was layered with seasonal Halloween decorations, lights, and fake cotton spider webs. York called her into the bedroom, and Hallie startled at some of the findings. Women's clothes were strewn about. Not just clothes, but costumes. They were almost all sexual by nature and ranged across a multitude of fetishes. Nurses' uniforms, schoolgirl skirts, cheerleader uniforms, and even a few superhero costumes. Hallie spotted conventional lingerie, and the less savory leather corsets, and thigh-high boots. Likewise, sex toys littered the floor. York nudged her and pointed to the bed. Ropes on the headboard. Was it part of a consensual sex game? Or something more sinister? We're not here for this, she said at last. They left the bedroom and moved on to the turret. Technician Alex was already down on his knees in front of what looked like a very elaborate computer array. He was inspecting wires beneath it all. Hallie took in her surroundings. A camera was set up on a tripod, aimed at the walkway up to the front of the building. Beside it was a dry erase board. She spotted a lot of crude notes, most of it written in shorthand. Little made sense to her. But there was a very distinct schedule drawn up. Hallie looked it over. There were names, all nicknames with numbers and letters and times written up. She noted entries like, 5 a.m., Morning sex and breakfast with QD3B. Must check status of skinny and bad wifey 1B. 5.45 a.m. Send mama bird 2A to work. Tiny TIM has a job? Follow up with this. 6.49 a.m. Wild Cherry 2B leaves for training. Get into her apartment somehow. 9 a.m. Progress report from curls and utters 1A. 3.30 p.m. Wild Cherry 2B comes home. Hangs out with tiny TIM 2A 5.20 p.m. Mama Bird 2A comes home. 7.30 p.m. Squeaky 1A has her nightly call with her brother. Don't forget this time, moron. 8 p.m. Fun with Cutie 3B it was a schedule. It seemed that Rob was keeping tabs on everyone, like Jimmy Stewart from Rear Window. And it seemed that Rob had given everyone a cute little nickname. It wasn't terribly difficult for Hallie to decipher who he was talking about. Tiny Tim was a reference to Ethan, given his crutches. Squeaky was Danny thanks to that high-pitched voice of hers. And Wild Sherry, 
Despite how creepy it was, she was rather amused by that little nickname. It was clearly a reference to her hair color. Hallie would have to remember that the next time Galloway called her Hellfire. Ma'am, there's a problem. Alex called from beneath the desk. What? If this is the computer, Alex said, thoroughly inspecting it. Where the fuck is the keyboard? What do you mean? She frowned. Galloway said he walks around with a wireless keyboard and types his commands on that. Right. So it's not here. He took it with him. Maybe he did it to protect himself, like locking the door when you leave the house, Hallie suggested. Did you bring one of your own so you can tap in? I did, but that's not the problem, Alex said. He pointed to the monitor. A Word document was open and words were appearing seemingly out of nowhere across the screen. Hallie leaned forward and read them as they appeared. It was a story. And it was describing Hallie and the three members of her team. Oh shit, she said as it dawned on her. She glanced at her technician. We're made. She was resigned. Rob knew he was being surveillanced. He'd been on high alert ever since last night when he'd spotted Ethan, Galloway, and Danny all go into Galloway's apartment and not come back out. They were up to something. Call it a gut instinct, but Rob decided it best to lay low. And what better place than Chris and TJ's empty apartment? They were gone and hadn't come back, and again, part of him suspected they wouldn't be. Rob had been too careless for too long. He set up camp with him and Kelsey down on the first floor, and from there, they waited and watched. Likewise, he kept Tina and Lucy on guard as well. He supposed he could have taken control of Ethan, Danny, or Galloway, or all three, and found out what he wanted to know. But the fact was, he didn't know who they talked to outside of these four walls. He thought it best to keep his head down and wait. Then this morning, when those four officers showed up, he knew. They were dressed like Galloway tactical gear, boots, and weapons. They were a part of her unit, and they appeared to be led by a rather attractive woman with a serious face and a playful swoop of brown hair hanging over one eye. Maybe this wouldn't be so bad after all. He'd waited until they had done exactly what he expected them to they raided his apartment. They were either investigating his lechery, or they were interested in the powers granted to him by his computer. Either way, it didn't matter. Now that they were in his home, it was time to make his move. When he found them, they were all frozen in place. Rob had seen to it that they couldn't move. Only their eyes flicked in his direction as he stepped into his attic apartment. They were aware, just temporarily paralyzed. Are you always in the habit of breaking and entering without a warrant? Rob asked them, approaching the woman who had led the unit. She didn't respond to him, only glaring behind her swoop of hair. One by one he approached each member of the team. There was a big Hispanic officer with a chiseled face. Rob retrieved his dog tags from beneath his shirt. Alvarado, he read aloud. There was a thick stocky officer with short strawberry blonde hair. York. The techie was a dweeb with a goatee, glasses, and a hipster ponytail. Rob found his ID and read off the name, Alex. Last, he stopped in front of the woman. He smirked and reached down the front of her shirt, groping. He could see her glaring fire and fury at him from behind those eyes. No tags? He asked. His hand slipped beneath her sports bra and cupped one of her tits. Just gotta be thorough. He gave her nipple a pinch. He continued to feel around, and eventually was drawn in by her full juicy ass. He gave it a proper squeeze before emptying out her pockets, finally producing a badge and ID. Hargrove Halley, he read. Two H's. Like Peter Parker. Very cute. He gave her an approving glance.
It gives you personality. He walked in a slow circle looking her up and down, giving her body a little poke here, a little nudge there. He felt the curve of her ass beneath her uniform pants and the swell of her breasts. He noted the engagement ring on her finger. You're cute, he commented. I'll bet it broke some hearts in the department when someone put this rock on your finger. A few secret crushes had to cope, I'll bet. His expression thoughtful as he looked her over. So naturally, since you're here, I can't let you go. He paused and thought about it. Well, I suppose I could. I could just wipe your memory or make you think you didn't find anything. I'm not really sure how it works. But where's the fun in that? He smiled. It was a cold smile. Rob retrieved his wireless keyboard and held it in front of her face. So you came here to see what I can do with this, right? How about a demonstration? He typed a few lines, and suddenly every person in the room lifted their right leg up in unison, like perfect soldiers. Rob typed again, and they all put their feet down. To be honest with you, he said, even I'm not sure how the hell this happened. One day I dug my old computer out of my storage unit and started writing stories. I had a pretty serious crush on my neighbor across the hall. And me, being the lonely dude that I am, wrote out a little sexual fantasy story about her, just for myself, you know? Pretty harmless stuff. Next thing I know, there's this knock on my door, and boom. She's doing literally everything I typed out. Crazy, right? Hallie regarded him. Her face was stone, her muscles stuck in place. Only her eyes moved. So what's a lonely single guy to do with the power to literally make anything happen? Cure cancer? Invent the flying car? Stop crime? No. I'm cutting corners and just getting right to its sex. Lots and lots of sex. Sounds wasteful, really, but don't we orient our whole lives around the pursuit of it? Having jobs, being successful, buying a nice home or the fancy car. It's all about sex. I just happen to find a shortcut to get what I want, thus everything else leading up to it is just a waste of my time. So it shouldn't be any surprise what I'm doing with it. So yeah. I dabbled. We have some hotties living here. Eventually I got better at controlling the power, the influence. I could make things more authentic. I could even put ideas in people's heads, fantasies and new turn-ons, that would trigger them, and they'd act out of their free will. I still don't fully understand it, or why. But who cares? It's just too much fun. He looked from the soldier to soldier. So what kind of fantasies do you have, Hallie Hargrove? He pondered. Then he smiled. Oh, I know what I'll have you do. Rob clattered away on his keyboard for a lengthy period of time. When he was finally done, he sat back and watched the show. Everyone started to move again, but this time, they had a purpose. The men all took seats on the couch, in chairs, all in a loose circle around the coffee table. Hallie's demeanor changed abruptly as the story he typed took control of her mind and her actions. She strutted across the floor, popping her hips as she went. Then she climbed up onto the coffee table in front of her men. She began to gyrate her hips as she started to undo the buttons of her uniform shirt. She turned in a slow circle, dancing and showing off her body. Hallie Hargrove, lead investigator, private firm owner, and team commander, now reducing herself to the status of slutty stripper. Rob rested his hands behind his head proudly, and watched. Oh, you're going to make your future husband so proud. He snickered. Hallie ignored him. She was in her own world, surrounded by her three men. She yanked her shirt fully off, her loose hair tumbling across her face, making her look wild and uninhibited. Down to just a sports bra now. Her flat bare tummy was pale and appealing. 
She wasn't as in good a shape as Galloway, but there was a naturalness to Hallie. No makeup and still pretty, and not muscular, but hot. If Rob didn't know her profession, was the classic girl next door type. Get your cocks out, boys, Rob declared. This slut doesn't work for tips. She works for the whole dick. Hallie continued her little teasing show on the coffee table. She played with her sports bra as she spun, her boots thumping on the tabletop. She lifted her bra, giving them peaks of her under boob. She pulled it low and squeezed her breasts together to accentuate her cleavage. Her tits were definitely in the high B-cup range, close to Meg on the second floor. They were round and plump. Her skin was pale, with a splash of freckles. The men followed Rob's example. The two soldiers and the technician unzipped their pants. One by one, their cocks appeared, and they began to stroke as they stared up at their boss. Their expressions were trance-like. Hallie bent forward, hovering her face in front of Alvarado. She teased her cleavage in front of his face, squeezing her own breasts. Alvarado's cock grew thick in his hand. His shaft was meaty and veiny. I'll bet it's bigger than your fiancé's, Rob smirked. There was a tantalizing way that Hallie swung her hips. She had a thick round ass. Rob couldn't resist leaning forward and giving it a smack over her fatigued pants. Hallie let out a squeaky little whimper of approval. Yeah, you like to be put in your place, huh, you slut bitch? He slapped her again. In front of her, she grasped Alvarado's face and thrust him against her chest. She grinded her chest against his face, like a professional stripper. His rough stubble tickled her skin. She worked her body in thrusting sensual movements, humping air, simulating the vile acts that everyone desperately wanted to commit. Alvarado moaned in pleasure, his voice muffled by her melons being mashed into his face. She ran her fingers through his hair and moaned excitedly by his hot breath against her tits. Then she stood back up and began to unbuckle and unsnap her pants. As she pushed them down, her thigh underwear came into view. Dark blue. Is that regulation underwear for when you're on missions? Rob smirked. Hallie hooked her thumb through one of the straps and gave it a snap against her bare skin. Then she pulled the straps high, spinning around and giving them a teasing view of the top of her ass as her pants slid lower. She shook her ass for them, and even glanced over her shoulder at her own men as she gave herself a slap. Rob smiled, pleased with himself that he'd taken a proud team leader and reduced her to a common slut. What do you think of your boss, guys? They all answered at once. What a fucking slut, York said. Big ass whore, Alvarado commented, giving her but a smack. Been wanting to sink my dick into her the second I met her, Alex added. Well have at it, boys. I think the bitch needs to be shown her place, Rob said. She shouldn't be leading. She should be on her back, providing sexual pleasure to her men day and night. Hallie bit her lip at the suggestion. Rob's idea seemed to spur something in the men. They all rose to their feet, their hands still stroking their eager cocks. Hallie looked scared for a moment, like a stripper about to have her stage stormed by the herd of men that she'd been teasing and tantalizing all night. Alvarado grabbed her, picked her up and put her on her back on the coffee table. Alex stood up by her head and pulled her sports bra up and off while York undid her boots, then yanked off her pants. Hallie writhed and moaned excitedly on the tabletop as this group of men ravaged her. In no time, they had stripped their boss completely. She was breathing hard. Practically panting. Fuck me. I've been such a bad boss. She moaned in her sluttiest voice. Yes, you fucking have. The men swore and spat. Alvarado even slapped her face a few times, making her cheek red and making her whimper. Not so tough now, he snarled. 
You look like a helpless little bitch. Alex went first, the technician being the most aggressive. He didn't have the longest cock, but it was thick, chubby and wide. He hovered over Hallie's mouth and roughly stuffed her lips with his manhood. Her cries were muted by his girth as he drove his dick home into her warm mouth. York went to her tits, pawing at them. He alternated sucking at them, pinching her full pink nipples, twisting them, groping and slapping them. Each time he got rough with her, Hallie cried out around a mouthful of Alex's thrusting member. Her tongue slipped out of her mouth, visibly licking along his shaft as he fucked her face. His big heavy balls swung back and forth, smacking her in the chin. Alvarado pushed her legs apart and knelt between them. He licked his rough face up and down between her smooth bare thighs, and his fingers found their way into her shaved pink wetness. Hallie squealed with pleasure around her technician's cock. There was nothing gentle about Alvarado's finger-fucking. He jabbed two of them in and out of her warm folds. Mmm. M. Mmm. She moaned around a mouthful of cock. She moved her head, nuzzling Alex with her nose. She reached out a hand and played with his balls, cupping and massaging them, trying to please her assistant now turned her assaulter. Her other hand found the back of York's head, and she pushed his face harder against her tits. York licked noisily at her flesh. His teeth found one of her nipples and he bit softly. Hallie squirmed and writhed on the table. Alvarado's finger fucking only grew more intense and rough. The sounds of her wetness could be heard throughout the room. His fingers came away coated with her juices. He dragged his tongue up and down her inner thighs, cursing and swearing at what a slut he thought his boss was. Hallie bobbed her head faster, and Alex let out a sigh of pleasure. Ah, yeah, he groaned. Suck my knob, you slut. I wanted to do this the very first day you hired me. I should have grabbed you in your office and showed you who the real boss was going to be from now on. He grabbed her by the back of her head and shoved his cock deep into her throat. He held it there until she made a choking sound and tears formed in her eyes. Then he let up. He pulled his cock from her mouth. Hallie struggled to catch her breath as Alex jerked his cock in front of her face. He plopped his big heavy balls on her shocked expression and dragged them around her sharp features, along her nose, and across her gasping lips. Hallie couldn't control herself. Not with Alvarado thrusting his fingers in and out of her body with rough, cruel abandonment. Her hips naturally came off the table each time, bucking against his invading digits. Stick out your fucking tongue, slut! Alex ordered. Hallie obeyed like a good little slut, her tongue jutting from her lips. Alex pumped his cock in his fist and smacked the head of it off her tongue again and again. Ah! 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 Hallie moaned mindlessly. She really likes it, huh? York muttered, taking long licks of her nipples. She fucking loves it. Alex responded, dragging his dick across the tip of her tongue. Don't you slut? He slapped her face for good measure. Yes. She cried out, arching her back and groaning. Alvarado squeezed a third finger inside of her body and was penetrating her over and over again with most of his hand. I do. I love it. You're gonna love it even more when we fuck your holes. Alex commented. Hallie writhed some more, crying out and gasping for air. Alvarado's finger fucking was fierce. She was so wet by now that she was coating the coffee table. Alex and York stood on either side of her. She was moaning too hard to put either of them in her mouth. Her arms were pulled in either direction until she was holding on to their cocks for dear life. Come for me, you boss bitch. Alvarado snarled, glaring up at her from between her legs. Oh, oh, oh. Hallie cried out, her head going back. Her back arched. And it was followed by the flood.
Rob smiled to himself as he watched Hallie release, and she started to squirt hot runny juices all over her thighs, all over the table, and all over her officer's hand. Yes, that's it. Let's see that fucking honey, Alvarado urged, stabbing her harder and deeper with his fingers. Up close, the gangbang was much more intense than when Rob had simply watched Galloway over the cameras. Hallie was taking the brunt of the abuse. Rob couldn't resist stroking himself as he watched. As Hallie's orgasm wore off, her body was extra sensitive. She cried out and whimpered. Alvarado wasn't letting up. His rough fucking like a tickle torture that went on and on. Oh God, oh God, stop, stop. She whimpered and begged and pleaded. But Alvarado did not stop. He had no desire to grant his hot little boss any mercy. He quickened his pace. Hallie cried out again, gripping the cocks of her men tighter as her hips gave an involuntary spasms and another orgasm rolled through her. Oh, no! She moaned. She had to bite her lip to keep from screaming. Alvarado's hand came away wet and juicy. He barely gave her any time to recover. He hoisted her legs into the air. Alex took one foot and York took another. The men pulled her legs apart and held her like that. Alvarado climbed between her legs, mounting her right there on the table. With his thick cock in hand, he was the first to invade her. Oh God! Hallie cried out as he slid himself into her body, violating his boss. The officer pinned her to the table and sank his length until he was fully inside of her. Then he gripped her by the perky tits, her nipples as hard as little pebbles, and he began to thrust. Oh yes! Hallie moaned. Yes, fuck me. Fuck me. It was less of an authoritative order and more of desperate pathetic plea from an overpowered cum-drunk slut. Alvarado grabbed her hard, clenched his jaw and jackhammered his hard body into her. Hallie's words instantly cut off by the fierce way that he took her. All she could do was cry out with each ragged exhale. Bitch is speechless. The men remarked, watching her eyes roll back in her head and her mouth go slack. As Rob watched, he realized he was foolish to be afraid of Galloway. He had complete control. He had taken this badass officer and reduced her to nothing but a slobbering slut, desperate to be used as a fuck toy for her own men. Oh. 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 She cried out in a voice that was definitely not her normal tone. She was high and whining, like a little fuck slut. Alvarado picked up on it. He wrapped his hand around her neck and squeezed while he roughly fucked his boss. His hips were a blur. The table shook beneath them, and Hallie's men held her legs tight, presenting her body for the taking. I think this cunt needs more. Rob shouted to the group. Alvarado slid out of Hallie. Her pussy was positively dripping. The officers shed their uniforms and rounded on their boss. They pulled her to her feet. Alvarado stood behind her. York stood in front. Together, they lifted her easily. She yelped as she was taken off the ground. They sandwiched her with their bodies holding her up like she weighed nothing. Then York was helping himself to his boss's pussy. He slid into her wetness, already gaping and soaked thanks to his buddy's giant cock and rough efforts. Ah! She moaned in pleasure as he sank into her. He pinched her face beneath her chin and shook her face roughly. You like that, cunt? He snarled at her as the men lifted and bounced her together on York's cock. Yes, she managed, her voice barely a squeak. What was that, slut? I don't think I heard you. He was rougher this time. As they bounced her, Alvarado was lining up with her plump juicy ass. He ran the thick head of his cock along her ass crack until he found what she was looking for. She yelped again, letting out a nervous squeak as she knew what was about to happen. Yes. 
she cried out. I love it. I love being a whore for my men. Damn right you do, Alvarado remarked, and then he was plunging himself roughly into his boss's asshole while York fucked her twat. Standing upright the men pounded her in unison. Hallie's feet were completely off the ground, she was held tightly between their hard naked bodies. She felt them enter her at once from two different directions and penetrate deep. Her eyes popped wide. She'd never felt anything like this. Never in her life had she been with two men at once. Now she was being stuffed with two cocks at the same time. You like us working as a team, boss? York grunted, thrusting out his lower jaw, his face inches from Hallie's watching the contortion of pain and pleasure on her features. This is what I call teamwork. Working together to show you who's really boss. You are. Hallie cried out as they bounced her over and over again on their rock-hard rods. They rammed her deep. You're in charge. I'm just your little fuck toy. Fucking her right. They growled and bounced her over and over. Their bodies worked like machines. Rob was convinced that he could probably make them fuck her like this forever, and they wouldn't tire. She might, but that wasn't really up to her at this point. Rob stroked faster, watching the woman's feet dangling helpless. She put her arms on York's shoulders and hung on tight as they plunged in and out of her. Oh. Oh. Fuck me, boys. Fuck me hard. I'm such a slut. She cried out. Her toes curled. She threw her head back and moaned at the ceiling. Best boss ever. They grunted. Alex took his turn. The college techie was a little less fit than the officers, but Alvarado helped support Hallie's weight as the young investigator took his place between her legs. They were smooth and white, creamy and slick with sweat and her cum Alvarado kept his throbbing cock buried in her tight ass. He could feel it tightening and loosening as Hallie struggled to control her urges. Then Alex was pushing into her with his fat round cock. Hallie cried out as her assistant penetrated her. Then they were aggressively bouncing her some more. Fuck! York grinned, stroking himself as he watched the show the downward spiral of degradation that his boss was tumbling down. I think she ought to do this with every employee of hers. Yes! She panted, sliding her tongue around her lips, completely sex-drunk. Every officer, every investigator. Every day, York said. Yes. Every day, she echoed. Her tits bounced, her whole body being taken aggressively by these sex-hungry men. You're not the boss, Rob said, piling on. You're just a fuck toy to a bunch of losers who wish they were cops. I am, Hallie agreed mindlessly. I'm just a fuck slut to men in costume. Now you know your place, Hallie cried out clinging to the side of Alex's face as she rode their cocks. They impaled her for what seemed like forever. She buried her face into his and started to kiss him as her body went off again, climaxing around their thrusts. Her muscles clenched and her pussy and ass tightened, not wanting to let go of them as the orgasm made her whole body shake. Why yes 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 yes. She broke the lecherous kiss with her assistant. She had to clench her jaw and her eyes shut. N-G-H! She squeaked out pitifully as she pushed her hips against their thrusts, meeting them in mid-thrust to force them deeper and deeper. Rob watched as the men rotated in and out, fucking her standing up, like she was their toy, until the proud leader of this private department was reduced to nothing but a hot sweaty mess. Once he was satisfied that the prying bitch had learned her lesson, he ordered them to put her down. Clean them up! Rob ordered. They put her on all fours on the coffee table. The men stood around her and Hallie turned in a circle, like an excited dog in the back seat of a car. She went from cock to cock. She gripped and stroked. 
she dragged her tongue over every inch of their flesh. She fed their cocks into her mouth in a single mindless urge. She licked the undersides of their shafts, all the way down to the balls. Don't stop at the balls, Rob ordered. And Hallie didn't. She licked until the men each had a turn straddling her upturned face. She lapped at their sweaty undercarriage until she was licking sweat from their asses. They moaned as they each had a turn with her hungry mouth. She serviced them. She was their servant. All of them moaned with a simple-mindedness as Rob watched the show feeling like an emperor hosting an orgy for his own amusement. He briefly considered punishing them further. What better way to teach these officers a lesson than by having all of them have sex with each other? But for as deviant as Rob was, witnessing gay sex would do very little for him, even with his desire for control and his overwhelming need to reduce a bunch of men and women of the badge to nothing but mindless slobbering perverts. Rob watched as Hallie nuzzled and licked at the sweaty underside of Alvarado's balls and dragged her tongue in circles around his anus, before returning to the head of his dick. Time for the big finish, Rob commented. Each officer stood at parade rest. Their hands clasped behind their backs, cocks thrusting straight out to Hallie's slutty face. She gripped York first, bobbing her head like a mindless animal. She milked his cock again and again with her hand, her lips, her tongue. Finally the officer let out an approving moan. Hallie's head popped off of his throbbing member just before the explosion of white cream hit her full in the face. It landed on her tongue, her lips, her nose. It coated her hair. One rope even got away from the others and flew over her shoulder and landed along the pleasant curve of her back. She turned to the next man. She gripped Alvarado and stroked and licked and sucked. The room was filled with the sounds of his moans and her wet suckling. The air was thick with the smell of sweat and cum. The Alvarado roared in pleasure, and his orgasm nearly knocked Hallie back off the table. The first rope gave a full splash across her face. She cried out in delight. The next ones followed fast. Oh, you fucking slut. You fucking whore. You fucking bitch. You horny, shameful slut. He panted and moaned and shook his hard staff in her face, slinging the final drips of his semen in her face. Alex went next his big bloated cock stretching her lips wide. They could actually see it in gorge as Hallie managed to suck and lick and coax him to orgasm. He flooded her mouth with his baby batter. Hallie struggled to swallow it all, but it was too much. It ran down her chin in long white streamers. Rob stroked himself to the cum-drenched whore on his table. Finally he shrugged. He may as well, while he was at it. Open your mouth, bitch! He ordered and she obeyed. He really was the master. Then he fed his dick into her cum-covered lips. Her mouth was warm and sticky, flooded with a mess. He gripped her hair and fucked her face in long aggressive pumps, his balls beating against her chin. Hallie made glugging sounds, struggling to not choke on him. Yes, here it comes. Rob snarled going faster and faster. Each plunge of his cock sent another quiver of pleasure up his shaft, until finally he felt himself cross the line. Swallow it! He ordered, gripped her face, and pushed his cock deep. Hallie nearly choked when his balls finally released their payload. It shot down her throat. Hallie's hands grabbed his legs, holding on, struggling as he filled her mouth, her throat, and her stomach with his cum. Ah! Rob moaned triumphantly as each rope went deep into the belly of his intended target. Hallie's hands started to tremble as the last of Rob's orgasm subsided. When he withdrew out of her mouth, she was an absolute mess of violation. He looked at the four intruders into his home. They were all naked, gross, messy, and looking like shameful little slaves. What to do with them now that he'd reduced them to nothing? For a second, 
Rob had no ideas. But then something flashed into his mind. A memory pulled forth, seemingly at random. It was as though his brain was a bookcase in a dusty old library, and something dark was standing on the opposite side, thrusting just the right book that he needed to find. Rob thought about the storage cages in the basement of the apartment. The strong wire. The locks and latches. They would make fine holding cells for his slaves. First he'd deal with these assholes. Then Galloway and her friends. Then he'd have his funhouse under control. Continue in the next part.